With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare looking to step up your mother's day flowers the home depot has an idea let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Week 9, National Football League action kicking off across the nation, and we welcome you in on Fox Sports Radio, Red Zone Radio, live Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. Sit back, relax. It's going to be a long day of football. We're going to take you every step of the way. Relax. Give you everything that's going on. The perspective on all. There is some big stories that we're waking up to already today. Glad you're with us. As you just heard, the great Rob Ryan, not here today. All is well. Rob will be back in a few, but today in his stead, uh, somebody that uh, that I just met five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, this is my, you're my guy. My guy Monday through Friday on Extra 1360 in San Diego. Six-year NFL veteran, former Patriots, so he knows all about that Belichick cat, former Cardinal, former Charger, and offensive lineman, Rich Ornberger. And I'm so glad you're here because, man, when, when Rob's here, we got you know we just always get that defense, defense, defense perspective. So uh, I want you to be completely offensive today. Oh, I absolutely plan on it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Rob honestly lost a couple of grudge matches against him along the way. <laughs> so uh, happy to take his chair for the moment. But I've been listening. He's he's a he's a heck of a guy. Rob Rob's a heck of a guy, absolutely. Uh, but uh, but we're glad that you're here today. Week nine National Football League getting started, and uh, a lot of the big stories are surrounding teams that are kicking off right now as we speak. Uh, there is mystery surrounding the situation of Leonard Fournette. The Jags will play without him today. So far, what we've gotten from our own Jay Glazer is that he skipped a uh, meeting, a workout, and a uh, team picture this week. Glazer also says there's more to it than that. Yeah, that there is always not, is. There always is, right? But Leonard Fournette is not playing today. What does this mean for a team when – uh, and maybe I'm sure they probably knew, you know, yesterday, whatever it is. But uh, you got a team that is surprisingly competing for the playoffs here. 
They wake up. They head out for a big matchup today against the Cincinnati Bengals at home. They suddenly got to do it without their best player. No, that's a big deal. It's a huge deal. And and Ivory and Yeldon, they'll help out carrying the load in his stead. But that's that's the problem when you have an issue is all of a sudden it blows up. It's not just it's not just you. Now the team suffers. And I've seen it before where guys, for whatever reasons, whether it be selfish or actually valid, they take matters into their own hands and to send a message to upper management, to send a message to a coach they have a disagreement with, even the trainers sometimes, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll act out this way. I'm not saying I have any insight here. Obviously, we're waiting on intel from our friend Glazer, but this is, this is something that happens. It comes up every once in a while, and this is going to affect the Jaguars Sunday. It's a team that defensively has been rolling, so when yep. your running game takes a hit like this, that's a big problem. You know people are going to start passing judgment on Leonard Fournette without knowing exactly what's going on. He's a rookie, so we're still getting to know who this guy is. He's probably still getting to know who he is. He's a professional now. He's making big money, and he is succeeding. I remember his comments after his first preseason game, which was, <laughs> boy, this isn't any faster than playing at LSU. This, yeah. this NFL thing is easy. Right. And so you start to put pieces together. I'm not going there yet. But people will do that. You know people are going to go, oh, my gosh, do we have an attitude problem here? I'll tell you what. The NFL doesn't cater to guys. Not the way that happens at big schools, big conferences around the country. One of the things that you'll see as you look around, uh, you'll see – weight rooms with slides coming down into them from the locker room. You'll see you'll see uh, flat screen TVs all around. You'll have vented lockers. Like these guys in college get everything now coming out of big programs. They get catered to. You come to the league and all of a sudden they don't have to recruit anybody. Everybody's waiting in line for jobs. So Leonard Fournette, whatever the issue may be, sometimes it's just like, boy, I'm not getting treated as good as I did a year ago. What's going on here? I thought I was the guy. So this guy, basically what you're saying is he took a step back when he left the SEC and went to the NFL. A big step back because, <laughs> I look, I've been in these NFL <laughs> locker rooms, these weight rooms. I remember thinking when I got, I got drafted by the Patriots, I'm yeah. like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm a Patriot. Top now. of the heat, baby. <laughs> I walked into that weight room, and I'm like, this is Sparta. This is right. this is this is I mean like there were leather straps for the 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 lap pull down machine. It was insane. Now, it wasn't quite that bad. But you know what I mean like yeah. the equipment, the facilities, they don't hold a candle to what you see in college programs. Yeah. So yeah, these guys take a step back in a lot of ways. And Belichick is looking at you like who are you? You're you're employee number 4B. <laughs> get over there and uh, get ready. Uh, all right, the Saints have a nice catch from Alvin Kamara, who interestingly, as he's got the ball into uh, Buccaneers territory, that is, uh, on their opening drive, will follow this one for sure. Uh, Kamara getting a lot of early work, and this was one of the questions coming into the game today. Mark Ingram fumbled twice last week. Sean Payton and him got into a little yappity-yap on the sideline, and a lot of people were wondering, was Payton still going to be holding that against him? Uh, when he got to the, the, the next game. Well, uh, there's Alvin Kamara getting a lot of work here on the opening drive in the backfield for the Saints. So, uh, I, you know, I'm not saying that Mark Ingram's not going to play today, mm. uh, but clearly there there is something from last week that is still going on for this team. Look around the NFL, a lot of different coaches handle this differently. Belichick, like we mentioned, stuff like that comes up, you guarantee to see a decline in playing time. Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, he starts getting chirpy. All of a sudden, he doesn't get touches anymore. But you see on different teams, they handle it differently. Le'Veon Bell with the Steelers, right. he chirps. <laughs> hey, How about 35 carries? Go ahead. 
We're gonna. <laughs> you're our featured guy, Melvin Gordon with the Chargers. Same thing. So sometimes it aids the player, sometimes it doesn't. In this case, you know, we'll see how the rest of the game plays out. Saints facing a third and two right now, and they are. Gosh, I think they're gonna get it. Yeah, spot looks good. Completion from Drew Brees, they're barely going to convert, and that's going to give them an opportunity to maybe move into field goal range as they are now inside the 40-yard line for the Buccaneers, and the Bucs are a team we've been following each week. I just kind of looked at, at the standings today and I went, oh, my gosh, they're 2-5. and five. They feel so much better than that. They're competitive each week, but we've talked a lot about in watching these games each week Jameis Winston seems like it takes him a half before he wakes the offense up, and sometimes, usually, it's too late. You can't be a slow starter in this league. You absolutely can't. You get so far behind the eight ball when you are. Jameis Winston, a great leader. I know guys in that locker room who played with him, still play with him, say wonderful things about him. He's clearly a talented guy, talented athlete, great quarterback, and he's growing. He's becoming better. But there's been a little bit of regression early in the season. And this is a place you absolutely cannot come out to a slow start because right. that 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 place in New Orleans, it gets jumping and that, that it gets noisy. The communication needs to be on par. Uh, so early in the game, good to steal a lead from the Saints when they're playing at home. Falcons lining up for a very long field goal attempt on their opening drive in Carolina. Matt Bryant is right down Broadway. What a bomb that was from 53 yards. That is good. And the Falcons will strike first with a 3-0 lead there. Giants move the ball into Rams territory on their opening drive. But on third and down, Manning is sacked, fumbled. I think the Rams got that one. So the Rams are going to start their opening drive behind Jared Goff with really good field position. And Rich, we're watching Brock Osweiler take over the Broncos offense to open things up against the Eagles on their opening drive. And he's got them moving a little bit. They're already in the field goal range as they go against the team with the best record in the NFL. There are so many storylines around this Broncos quarterback situation. Chiefly among them for me is the fact that if you're going to bench Trevor Simeon and not go to Paxton Lynch uh, in, in year two, that tells me that the Broncos did not get their guy last year and they're going to be on the market again next year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they, they, they're they a mess at quarterback right now. Brock Osweiler actually doing a decent job getting the ball to some people here as we go through this game, the early goings. Uh, he's a talented guy. He has all of the intangibles. The big problem is – uh, out of out of Denver, at least while he was there, was he was having trouble reading defenses, making the right decisions. And when people caught up to that, when he spelled Peyton Manning and he was in there doing the things he was, it, it just it, it fell apart for him late in that season. So he goes on a road trip to Houston and Cleveland and now back with Denver. And so far, so good in this game. He, he's given them a little bit of life. Trevor Simeon, by the way, Oof. I mean, primetime football. That was some rough stuff the other night. That was I mean, no good. You no, know, listen. I mean, it, it was a, going into Kansas City. You and I have talked about this. That's one of the harder places to play uh, in, in the NFL. There's no question. But there were a few passes there uh, where you're just looking at. I mean, you're just not used to seeing that from an NFL arm. Yeah. Look, there were two bootleg passes where he rolled out to the near sideline. He fired one down the field uh, and underthrew it where it was an interception. And then he 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 broke the cardinal thing. You can never throw across your body on the run to your throwing arm side to the middle of the ball field. Right. And he did that on the last interception. It's inexcusable. It's the reason why 17 starting instead of 13 today for Denver. Denver right now facing a second and 17. They had gotten inside the 20. 20- yard line but a penalty is going to push him back so now they're at the Eagles 34 yard line facing a second and 17 
But if Osweiler handles this uh, in pretty good shape, they're at least going to probably have a field goal try here shortly. Uh, wow, he's lucky he didn't just get picked off on that one. Oh, yeah. So third and 17 coming up. Meantime, Drew Brees has the Saints continuing to move. Mark Ingram does have his first carry of the game. Um, it went for one yard, that's all. Breeze actually almost got picked there a moment ago, but he is 6 of 7 for 48 yards on this opening drive, uh, and uh, that one has stalled on a third and four. That was the almost interception, uh, but they get away with it. Uh, they're going to survive to attempt a field goal, so Will Lutz now is on, and he is going to boot that one through from 40 yards, so the Saints will also strike first. 3 nothing there. Todd Gurley, a nice run, has the Rams on the move. We will check in on that one in just a second as well. Also kicking off right now, the Colts have the ball first. Uh, Actually, no, the Texans have already had it kicked away. The Colts about to take over. But the two teams that have massive quarterback news hit them both this week are facing off against one another. What do the Texans do now uh, that Deshaun Watson is out? Well, you got Savage backing him up, and that was going to be their starter this season, played for a quarter, and then you saw what happened with Watson stepping in, just really had a terrific start. Really sad story to see him go down because it wasn't just the Texans or the Texans fans. It was the entirety of the NFL that felt that one. When a special player goes down, that affects everybody because you see it with J.J. Watt and Merciless in Houston. They go down. The complexion of that defense looks completely different. Aaron Rodgers with the collarbone in Green Bay. People, I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. with the Giants. These big stars, you need them to play football, and it's unfortunate. But Savage was the guy they were going to roll with to start. I think they trust him, so he'll be the guy. Rams with a second and one at the six-yard line. Give it to Gurley. He's going to drop a yard. So a third and two is coming up for the Rams at the seven-yard line. This is their opening drive, and they had a short field after getting a fumble right around midfield from Eli Manning, and a nice run from Gurley has got them uh, in scoring position here. This next play will determine whether or not they can continue to try to make it six or if they're going to have to have a field goal drive. But this Jared Goff has not attempted a pass yet. This is three carries for 44 yards for Gurley. Actually, check that. He is now one for one Tyler Higby uh, with a catch. Uh, Now Goff is going to throw on third down into the end zone. Touchdown. That's going to go to Higby as well. And uh, the Rams are on the board. So a 6 nothing lead against the New York Giants. And it's early. We're just getting started. But this Rams team is 5-2, and two, and they absolutely look like they are for real. Oh, yeah. And, and it starts and ends with Todd Gurley getting them going. And I think it's complimentary. I think what happened last season was they were, they were just a mess at quarterback. They couldn't get Jared Goff going. They get rid of Fisher. They bring in McVay. He's a bit of a whisperer. He's got Goff right now, and it takes the pressure off Gurley. This offensive line needs to play better. They have been. And so you have a running game complementing your passing game, a passing game complementing your run game. You, the defense can't decide whether they need to pack it up against the line of scrimmage and play man on the outside to stop Gurley or play more zone and get softer up front because you have a one-two punch, and so far it's been working for him. There it is, that touchdown pass, the first touchdown of the day here in Week 9. The Denver Broncos get a long field goal from Brandon McManus. They lead at Philadelphia early 3 to nothing. The Titans have a field goal on Baltimore, 3 nothing there. Everything else is scoreless. Cam Newton just took the field for the first time today. We'll talk a little bit about him coming up next. In for Rob Ryan today, it's Rich Ornberger, Red Zone Radio, Mark Willard, Fox Sports Radio. All right, Carson Wentz out of the pocket, takes a big hit. He's fine. 
He usually will be. Rich, he's a, sick. he's a big guy. Mark Willard, Rich Ornberger, Red Zone Radio. Glad you're with us week nine. But you've talked a lot about this. You know, these mobile quarterbacks, I mean, they're really taking risks on, on, on almost every play when they leave. And this Eagles-Broncos game is fascinating to me. 3 nothing Broncos right now. No Zach Ertz. He was a surprise inactive today. Went out for warm-ups. The hamstring was tight. They're sitting him out. Um, we also know he recently lost his left tackle to Jason Peters. This just feels like a game that Vaughn Miller could ruin. Oh, without question. <laughs> when you have an MVP pass rusher like like Vaughn Miller is, I mean, you just saw it there. He's going to factor on a lot of plays, no, but boy. Now, with that said, Wentz hits Alshon Jeffrey wow. for a touchdown. No problem. Yeah, that no was deal. a beautiful play right there. Earlier, though, you see Wentz take a big hit on the sideline and really kind of slough it off. He's a big boy. Yep. He's about 6'5", 240, and he's sturdy. But you worry about a guy like that because look at Newton now, throwing shoulder surgery, look at Luck, not going to play this season for the same deal. Wentz is cut from that same cloth, cerebral, uh, cerebral good arm active, gets outside the pocket, makes plays with his feet, takes big hits, and doesn't seem to get the calls. Carson Wentz, look, four years down the road, even sooner than that, you could see something happen to a quarterback. We just saw Deshaun Watson uh, lost for the season because of an ACL tear at practice. Mobile quarterbacks are more exposed than the ones who are unathletic, stick around in the pocket, and seem to play forever. No question, but they're also like sugar, man. Like, you can't stay away from it. I mean, he, <laughs> like, I mean the, the, he is who he is, and it's absolutely fantastic when he's healthy. He looks like Roethlisberger with wheels to me. And, uh, and and he's been fantastic this year. That was a read option play. Uh, totally faked out the defense. Jeffrey going down the right sideline. Perfectly lays it into his lap. Touchdown Eagles. Extra point good. They lead the Denver Broncos 7-3. to Meantime, let's update you on the Bucks and Saints. The Saints have taken a 9-0 lead, courtesy of a blocked punt that was recovered for a touchdown. The extra point by Will Lutz was blocked. So that's why it's 9 nothing instead of 10. But two minutes ago, we were talking about slow starts for Jameis Winston, and here we go again. Yeah, yeah, a 9 nothing disparity early in the action here. You've already you already got yourself behind. They Oh, boy, and they just got an offsides penalty offensively, shooting themselves in the foot after an incomplete pass on this drive. Yeah, look, talk about a guy who was mobile in college, who did some great things with his feet. Mariota, kind of the same deal coming out of, uh, coming out of college. Both have transitioned nicely into pocket passers. Mariota on a trajectory that seems to be heading in the right direction in Tennessee. Jameis, this year so far, kind of up and down so far. We'll see how this game goes. But again, right now, second and 15, that place is rocking because yes. a block punt for a score gets all the fans in it. So they are, they're fighting an uphill battle here in New Orleans, the, the Bucks are. Winston finds Deshaun Jackson for about 11, so that'll set up a third and short. Keep you up to date on that game. Bucks leading, or I'm sorry, the Saints leading the Bucks 9 to nothing. Meantime, Cam Newton on the field for his second drive. This Carolina offense continues to be fascinating to me. They trail in the game right now 3 to nothing, and a fumble moments ago right there by Jonathan Stewart. The Falcons believe they have it. They do. So that's going to stop that drive. And the Panther offense, there is no more frustrating offense in the NFL so far this year. There's all the things we know about Cam Newton, both on the field and off. Press conferences have been an absolute uh, a bumpy ride so far this Next year. Question. Uh, their, their running <laughs> game. Their running game just can't get going. That was Jonathan Stewart. I do feel like Christian McCaffrey, 
Uh, I don't know if it's that he just can't uh, necessarily get going or they don't have the thought process to find the space that he needs to get him going. He's catching a lot of passes, but it's lacking a dynamic feel like it had at Stanford. I get that this is the NFL, so uh, there are some differences there. This week, they trade away their number one wide receiver in Kelvin Benjamin. That's probably going to frustrate Newton. What do you see when you look at that offense? Well, uh, first of all, I just see Cam Newton getting sacked a whole bunch. The offensive line isn't doing a great job. He's been sacked 22 times this season so far, and that's going to affect the way you play when you have that in the back of your head. And also, again, like Jameis, like Mariota, they want Cam now to be more of a pocket passer, and that is not his game. It's not the style he's grown accustomed to. So you knew there were going to be hiccups this season. It was a guarantee. Anytime you try to change something, it, it's it's bringing the horse to water. You can't force him to drink, and so far he's having a difficult time swallowing this pill the offensive staff is asking him to because he's been injury prone because they want him to last but making those changes with a dynamic quarterback it's sometimes like a starting pitcher when you lose the fastball and you have to go to your stuff if you don't have stuff (laughs) what do you do that's right Giants on a nice drive right now they've got themselves down inside the Rams 10 in fact they're at the five yard line a third and goal right now for Eli Manning Rams already up in this game Seven to nothing. We know Manning has lost so many weapons, but Sterling Shepard is back for the team today. Evan Ingram making some nice moves as a tight end as well. And there is a touchdown into the back of the end zone. And who is that that made the catch? I'm still waiting for I didn't catch the number or the name. <laughs> I just well, this is the Giants <laughs> offense. Somebody caught a touchdown and he plays for the Giants. It was King. It was King who gets the touchdown catch. Have you heard of King? Yeah, us neither. Never anyway, the Giants, though, have a touchdown, <laughs> and it is to 7-6 with an extra point on the way. That's impressive, by the way. I mean, Eli Manning, this is the thing that, you know, your guy that used to play with Brady uh, used to do all the time, which and he's doing it again this year. Lose a bunch of receivers, stick some people in there that we've never heard of, keep on trucking. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when you have a franchise quarterback, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning. I mean, even in his later years with Denver, he won a Super Bowl. Why? Because he's a field general. He keeps his cool. You've been through the wars. You've seen it all. You understand sometimes there's ebbs and flows with the football season, and they experienced a big ebb earlier on, and now they're flowing. Things are starting to go their way, and it's because nobody panics when you have a guy who's seen it all, a quarterback, who has a big arm, can deliver, and is a leader. It's so important to gain momentum in this league, to be a leader, to have leadership on the field. Interesting game there that's now tied up 7-7 between the Rams and Giants. Now, uh, we're also looking at this Colts-Texans game. There is an update there. The Colts lead the Texans 7 to nothing, courtesy of, wouldn't you guess it, a perfect opening drive for Jacoby Brissett, who goes 4 for 4 for 88 yards, nails T.Y. Hilton for a 45-yard touchdown play, and the Colts are on the board. Tom Savage so far. Let me pass along his numbers. You ready for this, Deshaun <laughs> Watson fans? Tom Savage is 1 for 6 for 10 yards, and the Texans already – Uh, look like a group and this happens in professional sports when you lose your guy and I wonder if you ever experienced that when you lose like and I don't mean a guy I mean the guy you come out that week and you're just you're deflated it's impossible Uh, even though the Texans with Savage they're better than the Colts they're at home but they're gonna come out and I think there's gonna be a hangover effect 
to the idea that they don't have Deshaun Watson. Today. You want to hear about losing your guy? Yeah. Okay, so 2012, so I'm playing for the Arizona Cardinals, and we get off to a 4-0 and start. I mean, we're roaring. People are like, where did these guys come from? Yeah. And we're thinking all of a sudden, like, well, we're going to be – we're at the top of the <laughs> NFC West. Some hotel reservations. Yeah, Super it's going to be okay, gang. <laughs> you know, uh, the Dirty Birds got a cut. Well, no, we did not. Kevin Cobb gets hurt. Uh, that was that was of his final years in the NFL. And we go to John Skelton and Ryan Lindley. We lose nine straight <laughs> games. We got shut out 58 nothing in Seattle that year. Yeah, oh, it got dark, my friends. Yeah. It got dark. Yeah. No, so, yeah, when you lose your guy and you're rolling with your guy and all of a sudden that stops, it feels like a roadblock. Sad days. Yeah. Sad days in Phoenix. Let's Ooh. update the numbers for Tom Savage. He's no longer one for six for ten yards. He is now one for seven for ten yards. Yay. Tom Savage, the quarterback of the Texans. Listen, whispers, according to Jay Glazer, whispers around the Texans facility about a guy that goes by the name of Kaepernick. And and I've said this a couple, you know, more on this in a second, because the immediate thought now is, oh my gosh, like, I mean, the, the, the storm that that would be, but it makes sense on two fronts. It does make great sense on two fronts. More on that coming up in a few, but let's get Gascon in here. And update everything that's happening in seven games. Hey, good morning, Gascon. Talk about a hangover, man. Yeah, yeah, brother. (laughs) Big night last night, huh? Well, I'm just trying to recover from all the Big Ten mess yesterday that we saw. Don't remind me. Yeah, this guy right here went to Penn State. (laughs) Actually, please do. What was the final score again in Michigan State? (laughs) Down they go. I feel sorry for you, Rich, but it's all good. I mean, season's over, but... It's no good. It's no good. All four teams in the playoff this year will come from the SEC. (laughs) All just are going to put four... Tennessee is going to go this year. That is unfortunate. Yeah. Wisconsin's got a shot, though. I'll they say do. that much. They so do. we'll they see do. what happens they with do. it. Anyways, gentlemen, NFL news today. Falcons and Panthers 3-0 Atlanta in that one. Jaguars without Leonard Fournette. They lead Cincinnati 3-0. Philadelphia and Denver going at it. Ajaye in the backfield. Three receivers left. Jeffrey Wright on first down. Ajaye gets no. It's a fake. Pass to Jeffrey. In for the touchdown. What a beautiful set it up with a fake into the belly of Ajaye, took it back, and went to Jeffrey, 32 yards, touchdown. Now they march right down the field in their opening possession. They lead 7-3. That game could be over. Anyways, Rams taking on the Giants. Third down and short. Empty backfield as Gurley leaves. Goff has all day to throw. Now the pocket crumbles. He steps up. He throws. Enzo caught. Touchdown. Tyler Higby. Two yards deep, right in the middle of the end zone. His first score of 2017. Giants got a TD pass, though, from Eli Manning. That ball game is tied at seven apiece. Meanwhile, in New Orleans. His longest punt return as a Saint, just 17 yards. Oh, and it's blocked. The Saints have blocked it and taken it in for the touchdown. Coming through cleanly to do so is Justin Hardy, and he got the carom. He's got the touchdown, and the Saints are celebrating at the back of the end zone. Nine to nothing. New Orleans had in front in that one. That ball game is on. Fox. Tennessee and Baltimore going at it. Nothing but field goals in that affair. It's 3-3. Three three. Indianapolis is in Houston. Set under center. Fakes to Marlin. Drops the throw deep. He's going to throw one intended for T.Y. Hilton. Touchdown, T.Y. What a throw. A 45-yard pass from Jacoby Brissett to T.Y. Hilton. And the Colts are on top. 
Six to nothing. Yeah, that thing was a dime, courtesy of the Colts Radio Network, and that's where they stand right now. Indianapolis, seven. Houston Texans without Deshaun Watson, nothing. Good stuff, Dave. Appreciate that. We're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Geico.com or 800 947 Auto. That's the way to get in touch. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. The Falcons threatening right now as we speak, already leading at Carolina three to nothing. They've got a second and goal. Uh, right now. So Matt Ryan has that team on the move. The Panthers defense has been one of the best in the NFL this year for sure. You just have to wonder though if there's just too much pressure on them because of what their offense has not been able to do. So we'll keep you up to date on that as Ryan is out of the shotgun for a second and goal right now. He's going to throw into the end zone and get a touchdown. So the Falcons, that's Mohamed Sanu. They're going to take a two-score lead right now in Carolina. With that, let's welcome in Charles Davis. He'll be on the call later on this afternoon. Redskins at Seahawks. Charles along with Kevin Burkhardt and Pam Oliver today. Charles, appreciate it. So um, this one is uh, this one's a really interesting matchup. You know, the Seahawks, they've always got that great home field advantage. Their defense has been so intimidating there in years past. Is it still at the same level, though? You watched Deshaun Watson, what he was able to do there last week. What are the opportunities for an opposing offense in Seattle these days? Well, I think that what we've seen are two times now this year where the Seahawks, as you as you articulated, not quite what we were used to seeing. And the one common denominator I came up with was Tennessee and, of course, Houston. Yep. And what were the two quarterbacks? Mobility Mobile. guys. Yep, yep. So you got mobility guys and also guys who will pull the trigger on plays. You know, Marcus Mariota has this great reputation as being, you know, the, the nicest kid you're ever going to meet. He's quiet. He's this. He also has the heart of an assassin. So he will get after you in the game. Deshaun Watson is a very similar kid, one of the nicest kids I've ever met. In fact, I worked with him at the Manning football camp one year, and I had administrators come to me and say, can you spend time with Deshaun? Because the kids like him, but he doesn't say much to him. Can you get him a little more expressive? Well, he's pretty expressive when the when the game starts, isn't he? So that's what I come back to with both of them. Quarterbacks who can make movement plays. It's not necessarily just hurting you with the run game, but being able to move around, extend plays, keep, keep it alive, and then find something special. Like that play Watson made last week when he ended up spinning back around and going to another progression and throwing a touchdown pass. Those are the types of things that hurt any defense, let alone even, even the Legion of Boom defense. Looking forward to this 1 p.m. kickoff on Pacific time for the uh, for the Redskins Seahawks. 21 of the skins, they, they showed up on the midweek injury report. That was pared down to 13 by Friday. Are they going to be able to field the team? I, I mean, they, they're, they're hurting right now. They really are. And while it was pared down to 13, that doesn't mean that that number from 21 to 13 means that all those guys are fully healthy. Mm-hmm. Just means they're the they're well enough to go or not be on the list. You know the the inactive list that you get every week is seven guys. I think there are more more guys that would be inactive for Washington than the seven that we're talking about. But they can only list seven when it comes to kickoff time. But here's the thing that we always run into: that pride factor, that being able to now they've had a week of knowing guys aren't going to play. Maybe you put together something a little bit special. And here's what I look at here. Seattle's been notoriously slow out of the gate, right, guys? They get better as the game goes on, get momentum. Washington, I think, is second in the league in points on the first possession. Can they go out there and maybe like a horse race, set the pace early, 
and see if Seattle could do a little chasing, which Seattle does very well. But to me, it's the right strategy for Washington today because they'll feel better about themselves. You know, they, they won't feel like the injuries are as much of a factor, but we'll see how it plays out over the course of time because guys that may start the game, if they're not 100%, we don't know if they'll be able to finish. Charles Davis, Redskins, Seahawks later today. Charles, it certainly doesn't affect the game today, but I wonder in being around the Redskins this week, was there any chatter about the fact that the 49ers acquired Jimmy Garoppolo? There's been so much talk for so many months now that Kirk Cousins would be the 49ers quarterback next year, and now it doesn't look that way, and we're still scratching our heads on what the Redskins want to do with the future of that position. Studiously quiet around the Washington team, as you might imagine. I don't remember anyone talking about it, discussing it, wanting to bring it up. All of us are discussing it, but they're not. And Kirk Cousins has handled this so well right from the beginning where, you know, I'm not talking about that. This isn't an issue. I I just go play. So he he didn't have to reverse gears or anything like that. I don't know what he's thinking behind closed doors. You know, he's not going to tell you even if you ask him. But I think that around the team itself, non-issue for them they're trying to find a way to win games remember they're 0-3 in their own division and have been swept by philadelphia so you figure the division's out of hand but you can still fight for that wild card spot and they don't want to give that up even as beat up as this team is charles how do you contain russell wilson i mean he's coming off a game where he <laughs> threw for 452 yards four touchdowns he throws a pick but i mean it was yeah. a slugfest do the redskins have enough firepower to stop him that's going to be interesting because, you know, we talked with Ryan Kerrigan, their, their outstanding outside linebacker, and he said the mistake most teams make with Russell Wilson is you want to keep him in pocket because the bigger plays he makes are out of pocket, but you can't rush him to con- and you can't be cautious in your rush. You still have to go get it, and that's hard to do, as we well know, but at the same time, if you just go and just kind of try to corral him, the thing we're all missing, like I say, not you guys, you guys have seen it, but the thing that we're missing as a public is he has developed into a heck of a pocket quarterback. Yeah. And to me, the second half of 2015 on, that's what we're seeing from him. He makes plays from the pocket. And so what Brian Kerrigan's saying is, we got to keep him there, but we still have to get to him. It used to be if you just kept him there, you felt better about yourself. Now if you keep him there and you don't get to him, he still stings you downfield. So it's a tough go for everyone, but you still have to go after him because if you just let him sit back there, he'll pick you apart like he's Brady or someone, even from the pocket. Charles, great stuff. Redskins, Seahawks later on today in Seattle. We'll be watching. We appreciate you, man. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. You take care of yourselves. Okay, Charles Davis, Kevin Burkhart, Pam Oliver with that call later today. Uh, The Rams on third and goal throw for Cooper Cup. He makes the catch out of bounds. Actually, he didn't even make the catch either, so there's two problems with that play. Um, So that's going to set up a field goal attempt for the Rams. Uh, they're already uh, tied with the Giants right now, 7-7. Greg Zerline is good for the Rams, so 10-7 uh, to 7 is the score now in that one. Uh, the uh, Eagles have added a field goal. They're up 10-3 to 3 against the Broncos. And an interesting, uh, interesting development on a couple of fronts uh, in the Saints-Buccaneers game that we'll talk about here in a couple of minutes. In for Rob Ryan today at six-year NFL vet, Rich Ornberger, Mark Willard, Fox Sports Radio. All right, Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios with Rich Ornberger in for Rob Ryan. I'm Mark Willard. It's Red Zone Radio. A couple things to talk about. Mike Evans left the game in New Orleans for a second, but he's back. Saints continue to lead the Bucs 9-0. Eagles have just gone in for another score after a Brock Osweiler pick. 
Clement with the touchdown. Eagles 17, the Broncos 3, and the Titans have gone in front of the Ravens 10-3. I tell you what, they keep saying NFL ratings are down and they're trying to figure out why. I think it's the Ravens. I think it's the Baltimore Ravens. That is the most boring football team I have ever seen in my life. They're just – it's nothing against them. They're not even that bad. They're 4-4, four and four, but, like, they, they have suck. – They got no players. Yeah. Who's there – like, who are you tuning in to watch when the Ravens are on? Oh, uh, Collins. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've heard of them. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm really into them. <laughs> right. no, it's, no, it's been kind of a snooze out there. And then the biggest storyline out of that Miami game you were talking about is Flacco being nearly decapitated oh. by Alonso. And Harbaugh fighting with them. Yeah, yeah, 40 to nothing, and they still weren't all that exciting. You know who's exciting? Laura Oakman. That's who is exciting. And uh, she joins us now. Chris Myers and Daryl Johnston will be with Laura today as the Cardinals visit the 49ers. But, Laura, this game is not going to give people what they want, is it? We're, we're not going to see Jimmy Garoppolo, are we? That was the worst way to start. Like, <laughs> I mean, no, nobody wants. <laughs> uh, so uh, okay, but at least we've got Carson Palmer and David Johnson, right? Oh wait, oh wait, no, <laughs> darn it. <laughs> oh wait a minute. You're right. You're right, Laura. Let's let's start well, over. Yeah, okay, start everybody, over. everybody, stop. Let's take a couple steps back and a deep breath. Laura Oakman joins us today. The Cardinals will be taking on the 49ers in Santa Clara. And uh, I tell you what, this C.J. Beathard, he's, he's, a, he's an interesting guy, isn't he? I mean, he's he, – <laughs> okay, no, no, seriously. What, what are the 49ers? What is Kyle Shanahan thinking offensively as he continues to try to build this? He looks like he's searching for running backs. Obviously, he's been searching for quarterbacks. What did he say this week, Laura? He said they are so excited about Jimmy Garoppolo. And and he's like everybody else where he's like, of course I want to, of course I want to throw him in there. You know, how do I not? But this is a really complicated offense. And everybody remembers, you know, that first year when Matt Ryan and Kyle Shanahan were together, everybody was like, this is a horrible fit. And, you know, what's he doing to Matt? It took a year. And so this verbiage is extremely complicated. Um, and uh, And right now, they have, I think they're down to their third or their fourth tackles. Uh, their guards, it's, it, their offensive line has just been, uh, has, has been a mess. And Kyle, is, what he will say is, I did not bring him in here to save this season. I brought him here for the future. And I'm not putting him in there before he's ready. And so they, I, I, so what he says, and, and it's really honest, it's the one thing with Kyle, he will say it, that he will be in there when he's ready. I'm sure they're looking at after the bye week when Joe Staley is back. Um, he is he is out for this week and next week with his eye injury. So what he says is he is our guy for the future, but I'm not pushing it until he's ready. So you put Garoppolo on the side burner for now. It'll be Beathard towing the line for the Niners. But Pierre Garçon is on IR with a neck injury. Yeah. So when Garoppolo comes back, where are his weapons? Who does he throw the ball to? Yeah, exactly. And and that's what Kyle was talking about was that whole thing um, with Pierre was very odd. They didn't know when it happened. Um, he came in and was sitting in Kyle's office saying, I feel fine. And all of a sudden, they realized how serious it was. So what Kyle said was, if, if I knew that, we would have made a trade. 
we would have brought someone in. So that was after the deadline when they weren't able to. So mm. right now, that's the whole thing, you know, that CJ's dealing with. And again, there was a lot of hope with CJ before they traded for Jimmy. You know, let's see what he can do. Let's see what, you know, Kyle can do with him. Um, but right now they're going to they're gonna have to lean on that run game and, uh, and see who steps up. But it, it, I, we went through the roster on Friday at the facility, and 66% of this roster is different from, uh, from last year. From, I think it's from day one, we said. So it, this is in flux, but here's the, you know, the privilege of the job is we go to, the, to 32 facilities. And you can tell on Friday whose arrow is going up. You can tell hmm. whose arrow is going down. And that, I can read that more than a record usually. You can see who's kicking their own butts. You know, how right. in the world are they going to stop <laughs> kicking your own to kick somebody else's on Sunday? <laughs> it feels really good in this building. Yeah. They are building this foundation between Kyle and John Lynch. There's such a synergy there. They believe in what they're doing, and that's all Kyle and John kept saying is no matter what this record is. And Kyle said, if we go 0-16 and he stopped and said, I literally just got nauseous saying that. But I've got to take my ego out of this. I've got to take the record out of it. And I've got to do what's right as we build this. And that's where their compass is right now. Laura Oakman, part of the team for Cardinals 49ers today. Laura, that's, that's fascinating to me because, uh, you know, we, we even see that, I think, watching them on TV. I think it's like the uh, kindest uh, fuzziest O and eight team all time. Like people, <laughs> you like they're they're close in games and all of these things. So when when you when you look at that team and you're around them, uh, are they desperate for a win? How important is that with what they're doing week in and week out? I mean, I'm going to say, of course it is, because you know, again, it's you know, I'm sure as you said that O and eight Kyle Shanahan just got nauseous and didn't know why. So you know, they they understand what they're looking at and they hate it, and of course, every one of them says. Uh, it would just feel so good to win. But there's not that desperation. You know, there's certain teams you're around where you're like, they need to win or the locker room's going. You know, that you feel that. That, you know, that, that how much they need to, that how much they need to see that for them to believe in the coaching staff, to believe in each other. It's not that. They want to win because they're all competitors and, and you know, they, they desperately would like a win. But it's not that 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 desperation urgency. Does that make sense? The distinction. A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Laura Oakman, Cardinals 49ers, Later on this afternoon on Fox, Laura, I thought we recovered well. I really did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do. That was. <laughs> Thank you so much. Love I was it. so excited to do this game, and Mark, we started talking. I could I not be? What's happening? <laughs> Look, it's an NFL game. It's going to be fantastic. They're all, they're all good. They're all good. Laura, Laura, thank you, love. Great to hear your voice always. Always great to hear yours. Bye, guys. Have a terrific day. Okay, there goes Laura Oakman. The Cardinals will play the 49ers, and there will be people in the uniforms today. We don't know who any of them are. That's right. Uh, but there, there's going to be people in that game. We're very, very confident in that. Okay, Saints are on the move yet again. They're having some fun at the expense of the Buccaneers today. There has been a, uh, a really interesting happening in Carolina where one player has now turned the ball over twice in the matter of one quarter. So, Rich, I'd love to hear your perspective on how coaches handle that situation, what should happen going forward, plus a, a major play and a scoreboard change 
just took place in New York with a young team that is absolutely on their way. That is the full update coming up in just a moment, so stay where you are. Week 9 at National Football League Live, Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. And coming up shortly, Jeff Allen from Vegas will join in with a free selection. You know, uh, if you're on social media a lot, you might know about this thing that Dodgers outfielder Yasiel Puig does on Twitter. Hashtag Puig your friend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hashtag Twitter not your friend. If your name is Brock Osweiler, he should not be on social media later today. Uh, uh, Twitter is telling me that he's not good at football. And uh, the Broncos quarterback situation continues to be a total head scratcher. And this is one of those rare situations, I'd say, because there are a lot of teams in the NFL every year that are like, gosh, what are we doing at quarterback? We're going to have to figure that out next year. Jets, 49ers, Browns, there's a lot of them out there, but there aren't a lot of them out there that are veteran teams who have a great defense on the other side because when you do that, when that's your scenario – it becomes a locker room problem, doesn't it? I mean, the defense led by Vaughn Miller is probably looking at this offense going, what are you guys doing? You're killing us. And a first-year head coach, Vance Joseph, I, it's really it's, it's tough to keep all that straight. But I, it's always from the top, right? You look, at, you look at Elway, and a lot of people give him a ton of credit, won a Super Bowl, obviously playing, and now uh, in his president role, and they re-upped him for a long time. They gave him a lot of credit, but he had inherited – a lot of the magic that was already a part of that roster, that defense was great. Uh, they had players playing over their head, a la Tebow. They brought in Peyton Manning as a stopgap end of the season. Brock Osweiler and him shared time. They win a defense on the back of number 58, Von Miller. I, look, I'm, I'm not saying Elway's the wrong guy for the job, but he had a lot of success early on that – you can sort of look at it and say, well, well, is it right. is it his? Well, is it, it all his? It's ironic. One of the greatest quarterbacks uh, of, of all time, and uh, he can't get quarterback. Right. Uh, look at the decisions he's made. They, they opted not to have Tony Romo. Exactly. They opted not to have Colin Kaepernick. They opted to go with these guys. They drafted someone. It looks like he's not going to pan out either. They're still on the search, and the Broncos trail in Philadelphia 17-6. to now, speaking of a team who apparently does have a quarterback, the guy's name is Jared Goff, 9 of 11, 209 yards, three touchdown throws. We're only halfway through the second quarter. The Rams are crushing the Giants 24 to 7. He just hit Sammy Watkins for 67 yards and a score, and that came uh, before we had a chance to tell you about how he hit Robert Woods for a 52-yard touchdown on a screen play on like third and 33. This guy's got the offense humming. Look, we understand the Giants are no good, but November at the Giants, that's not an easy place for an offense to play. And uh, Jared Goff and his company spreading it around, they're making it look easy today. So Sean McVay, uh, everybody who I speak to who plays for him, who has interviewed him, sat down with the guy, uh, the man. Yeah, I realize a lot of people were like, it's the boy king, he's 30 years old, how could he run a franchise? Well, He's got a brain that's so wrapped into, into football. You hear people who sit down with him, they go, 
Oh, I get it. Mm. Yeah, no, this guy's for real. He understands football. He's devoted his life to football. You hear the locker room speeches after wins or losses. He understands what the pulse of the team is, what needs to be said and when. And then the call sheet. I, you know, you're third and 33. What's on your play sheet in that situation? <laughs> he dials up a receiver screen and you go the distance. Those are the moments where all of a sudden you're on the road. You have to create your own energy. The place gets quiet and you say, not only do we have the guys on the field, but we have the coach behind us who's making the right decisions in bad situations. Situational play calling, moments at the end of the game, a correct use of a timeout, all that stuff matters as far as confidence in a new coach. Things that have gone wrong for Anthony Lynn in L.A. have gone wrong for Vance Joseph in Denver. When you're a first-year head coach, you need to win the locker room, and Sean McVay has won that locker room. you got to see the play, and you will on highlights throughout the day, the play, the throw to Sammy Watkins, 67 yards, and it was just a beauty over the head of the defense of the Giants, and it hit Watkins stride for stride. Rams 24, Giants 7. Meantime, Jacksonville Jaguars and Bengals game continues to be interesting. Remember, no Leonard Fournette. Jags lead this one by a score of 10-7. to 7. Uh, Blake Bortles, uh, you would think, with Leonard Fournette in there, needs to become more of a presence. He did that a couple of weeks ago when they played without Fournette, and, uh, and he's doing it again. Marquise Lee today, their leading receiver with five catches, 39 yards, and a score. Listen to Bortles' numbers, 14 of 19 for 170 yards and a score. And we still have four minutes to go until halftime. Uh, Blake Bortles, Two years ago, everyone was like, hey, nice young quarterback. Then a strange year last year, a preseason where it looked like he wasn't even going to win the job. And then they start the year and they're winning games, but they're doing it with defense. Last couple times out, they've had to lean on him a little bit, and he's succeeded with it. Yeah, well, you know, look no further, though, for this success than the fact that the running game hasn't suffered today yet as a result of Fournette not being available. Chris Ivory carried the ball seven times, 33 yards, averaging 4.7. When you are able to run the ball effectively and efficient, uh, efficiently, when you are getting uh, ahead of the sticks, as they call it, first down, you get three to four yards, second down, you're getting more of the same, you put yourself in a third and manageable situation, and that, that takes the pressure off a guy who's not very good behind center, hasn't been typically. So when you have a running game, it reflects in the passing game. Again, it's complimentary. And Chris Ivory right now is toting the rock for him, so they'll continue to have success as long as that continues. Let's talk about fumbles for a second. So Alvin Kamara just fumbled for the Saints a short time ago. The Buccaneers have turned that into three points. Of course, Kamara started for Mark Ingram today because Mark Ingram fumbled a couple of times last week. Yeah, We're looking at the game in Carolina uh, Falcons lead the Panthers 10 to nothing. Jonathan Stewart in in one quarter has already fumbled twice. You said earlier every coach handles this differently. Uh, but what about a situation like Stewart where he's fumbled twice? I know I'm in the camp of wanting to see more Christian McCaffrey already all this year long. And now you're seeing something like this. What's your experience with how coaches handle something like that? Like what would you do with Stewart right now? He's already dropped it twice. Uh, fumbling's inexcusable. For a running back, for a receiver, the most important thing. In fact, I remember being drafted by the Patriots, playing with them for three years, that organization. Nobody protects the football really better than them. And the reason is because the emphasis that Bill Belichick puts on protecting the ball. He used to say this, when you hold the ball in your hand, you have the hopes and dreams of the entire franchise in your hands. 
So you make sure you do the right thing with it and never give it to the other team. That's quarterbacks, that's center with the center quarterback exchange, running backs, receivers, returners, whoever. Even if you're a defender who gets a pick or a fumble recovery, you're expected to tuck it, run it, protect it. And so when you have a guy with a fumbling issue, get him off the field as fast as possible. Explain to him that that's not acceptable. Explain to him the things you're seeing to fix the problem as fast as possible, but also get in somebody else to give you a a chance because turnover margin is one of the huge, huge facilitators for losses or wins in the NFL. You haven't used Christian McCaffrey in the NFL yet, though, as like that every down back. They use him uh, mainly as a receiver. They use him as a decoy out of the backfield. Maybe he'll get four or five carries a game. Is he even capable of doing that? I know that there are other guys back there. Is Fozzie Whitaker still on the team? Guys like yep. that who could probably come in. But what are you suggesting they do? Play with Fozzie. I'm glad he's having success. He's a great guy, and he's a hard runner. He's very underrated as a pass catcher out of the backfield. But McCaffrey, that's what people look at him and say, oh, he's a pass catcher. He's a third-down scat back. But that's not true. Look at the Stanford f- film. See what he did. I realize he sat out of the bowl game, but when he was playing in the regular season at Stanford, he was running it in between the tackles, taking on defenders as he broke through the line, pushing the pile, falling forward. He can run it between the tackles at the college level. We'll see if it translates to NFL, but early on, you're already seeing uh, uh, Mike Shula, the offensive coordinator in Carolina, going to what they're they're used to doing, and that's running Cam Newton more, beating them with his legs. You're seeing design plays where he's rolling out, booting out. He's all alone. He's running down the field, and for the most part, sliding to get down. Touchdown, Eagles. That's a Wentz to Burton touchdown play, and uh, I'm going to almost dare say uh, this ball game is over, 24-6. to The Eagles are going to lead right now over the Broncos, and it just seems to me like maybe I shouldn't say stuff like that, but I don't, I don't see how this Broncos offense – has enough of a dynamic quality to come from behind on a scoreboard like that. I think a lot of people look at what happened in the Super Bowl and they've abandoned the opportunity to call a game before it's over. But let's be honest, that was New England. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. Tom Brady yeah, on their team. Yeah, uh, this is a flailing Denver team who the, the centerpiece of the team obviously is their defense. Brock Osweiler doesn't look comfortable. The play calling doesn't look comfortable. Carson Wentz is dealing uh, it really does look like this could end up being a lopsided box score at the end of the day. Panthers are threatening right now. Third and five coming up for them, and this is a very, very key moment. They're underneath three minutes to go here in the first half. They've got a third down and five from the Falcons' 10. The Falcons lead the game 10 to nothing. Giants also trying a field goal as we speak that is up and good. So for the moment, they're going to stay within two scores. It's now 24 to 10, four-minute mark in the uh, first half. So here's the Panthers on this third and five play from the 10. It'll be Newton out of the shotgun in the pocket. He'll throw over the middle. That's McCaffrey. Who's going to make the catch and have enough for a first down. So first and goal coming up at the four yard line in that one. Also want to pass along this and get your opinion. Is this overthinking it? The new Orleans saints moments ago after the bucks scored that field goal, they lead nine to three. On the following kickoff, here's the play that tricky Sean Payton ran. He had two guys deep back to receive the kickoff. He lays one of them down on the painted logo that says Saints. That's black. The Saints wear all black. He lays down on the paint so you couldn't see him. The other guy receives the ball, runs up to about the 10-yard line, then turns to throw the ball across the field 
to the guy that was laying down who just popped up, and the idea was we're going to catch the defense all on the wrong side of the field and score a touchdown. Well, the throw across the field bounced in front of the player. Luckily, it took a true hop, so he caught it. Then he stumbled, and he fell down at the six-yard line. That's where the Saints started their play. It seems to me like nice idea. You might catch someone napping, but there's 12 things that could go wrong there. Well, rewind the clock. Rewind the clock all the way to 2010, the biggest game in the history of your franchise, maybe. I, I It's halftime. You're making decisions. They go for an onside kick trailing 10-6 uh, uh, to six in the game. This is a guy who likes to take gambles with his special teams. They just <laughs> blocked a punt for a score. So you, you have something going. They like to show that stuff. So, I look, Sean Payton, he, he sticks to what works. And special teams gadgets for the Saints – have worked historically. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. All right, the Rams have the ball again. Feels like that's been the story the whole day. First half here in New York. They've already got a 24-point first half going, and they've got the ball again. So we'll up, uh, update you on that one here coming up in just a moment. In for Rob Ryan today, it's Rich Ornberger, Mark Willard, Red Zone Radio. Routes. Hey, sports fans, this is the world champion handicapper Jeff Allen from Las Vegas. I've got a free selection coming up, Washington, Seattle, in just a second. But how about Jeff Allen Sports? Documented 18-2 run, 90% winners, and I've confirmed critical information. KC Dallas is a lock. Guaranteed to win and yours free on a recorded message. Call now, 1-800-870-2283. Get late game action, San Fran, Arizona, Miami, Oakland, part of a 5-0 bailout package against the spread. Yours free on the message phone. Call 1-800-870-2283. You want the winners? I've got them. KC Dallas is a lock. Yours free recorded message. 5-0 free or the season free. Call 1-800-870-2283. Big game out west here. Seahawks favored total 44. Skins have lost three of four. There's two reasons. The offensive line injuries and the defense is on the field too long. Last week, they gave up 150 yards rushing to Elliott. For Seattle, a late comeback win by Russell Wilson over Houston. A career-high 450 yards passing for Wilson, but the defense gave up over 500 yards. That's a big number. Washington 10-4 against the spread, last 14 on the road. Seattle 7-3 against the number off the non-cover. Washington 13-3 over off a loss. There's some cracks in the Seattle defense here. Small play here over the total. The big play is in Big D. KC Dallas is a monster lock. Yours free recorded message call now. 1-800-870-2283. Oakland, Miami, Arizona, San Fran, the totals, NBA, and you're going 5-0 free. Toll free message call now. 1-800-870-2283. If you're just a $200 player, you can win $2,000 today. 90% winners. I love Dallas KC. It's a lock. 5-0 free. 1-800-870-2283. 1-800-870-2283. Go to VegasCovers.com. All righty, ladies and gents. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? Probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Rich Ornberger in for Rob Ryan today, Fox Sports Radio. Mark Willard with you. We're glad you're with us. Week 9 NFL. Well, Christian McCaffrey goes in for a touchdown. Panthers get the ball right back 
And here they are, second and five at the nine-yard line. And here's Cam Newton looking, 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 and throwing for McCaffrey. Incomplete. Third down coming up. The game has suddenly changed. Falcons only leading 10-7, to and the Panthers are knocking on the door again. And what are we seeing, Rich? Right after we said it, Jonathan Stewart has fumbled twice in this game, and he has clearly been benched. What's Christian McCaffrey doing? He's taking over the backfield. Um, he and, and he's showing, by the way, that handoffs in between the tackles can work. Absolutely. It's what it's what I saw in him when he played college ball. I think it's part of the reason the Panthers took a chance on him in the first round. And look, we were just getting gambling advice. This is like when you're in Vegas, you're sitting at blackjack, there's a hot shoe, nobody's leaving the table. He's been hot on this series, so they're going to stick with him. And ooh. ooh, now this is one of those plays. Okay, three things just came to mind. As Cam Newton runs for the uh, goal line, leaps over two defenders, uh, fumbles as he crosses the goal line, call on the field is touchdown, but we're going to review this about 47 different ways. Here's our look. And touchdown is what that's don't, don't you think? That was Michael Jordan asked. Wow. He was one handing that with his tongue out <laughs> and he was flying through the air, made contact with one, two defenders on his way to pay dirt. Uh it's Superman. Yeah. And he fumbles right after the ball crosses the goal line. So this is gonna stand. But the third thought is see, this is the stuff. Where, where an entire franchise is holding his breath. Cam Newton gets hit in three different places, tumbles over on his back, two defenders. He gets up, he's fine, but that's because he's Cam Newton. He's huge. Uh, it's not going to be that way every time. And this is my concern with Carson Wentz. This is what we're seeing with Andrew Luck now, mobile quarterbacks. I mean, really what I saw when he went for that, it wasn't just the fact that he was running the ball, he took a hit. But this is Cam Newton coming off of an offseason with throwing shoulder surgery, and he just dunked on defenders in the end zone <laughs> with his throwing shoulder and took a shot to his arm yeah. and then rolled down. First thing that made contact with the ground was his throwing shoulder. So Mike Shula and the rest of the staff, Ron Rivera, holding their breath on the sideline like you mentioned. But this is what's going to happen in Carolina when things go wrong offensively. Jonathan Stewart, two fumbles. McCaffrey, unproven as the, the, the featured back in this offense. Cam Newton is going to be your leading rusher, which he is today. Yeah, really good call, by the way, on the field by the refs. Uh, as they got that one right, the extra point is good. And just in a blink of an eye, Panthers' offense was doing nothing. Now they've got two touchdowns uh, in a matter of five minutes, and it really was on the back of Christian McCaffrey. This is the kind of thing I'm going to call Wally Pip right now. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> Jonathan Stewart has lost his gig. Like I, Maybe this is way too early, but call it a prediction if you want. Uh, I think that this Jonathan Stewart fumbling twice is what the Panthers needed so that they could trust that Christian McCaffrey can be everything as a running back in this league. Uh, you see this happen all the time, and it's uncomfortable at first for people, even for your eyes. It doesn't look right. The picture's kind of fuzzy. What's happening? It's happening at quarterback with Jared Goff, with with uh, uh, Jameis Winston, a Mariota. You know, they're starting to become the guys. Carson Wentz, it's uncomfy at first. You're not sure if you can trust them. But little by little, they earn their your trust because they show you that they can be the guy. 
running backs. It happens the same way, and it happens all the time. And usually, it's by force of necessity. Alex uh, Collins emerging in Baltimore as the lead back. McCaffrey could happen in in Carolina now. It's just when you have an injury situation or you have a guy who's not playing to his potential and, and someone on the bench who can outplay them, a la Tom Brady, you don't shy away from that. You lean into it. Uh, Derrick Henry, a touchdown run for the Titans. They're up on Baltimore by 10. 16-6 to is the score there. They've reached the break in New Orleans. The Saints have added a touchdown and lead the Bucks 16-3. to And that came uh, from a rookie who I think the Saints are learning to trust. His name is Alvin Kamara. He did have that fumble, but aside from that fumble, listen to the first half for Kamara. Five carries on the ground for 18 yards but five catches for 83 yards and a touchdown, the 33-yard screen pass touchdown that Breeze just hit Kamara on. He broke two tackles, and I mean big-time tackles. And this is what I've seen from that guy. You look at him, this is maybe another point to the McCaffrey uh, discussion we are just having. You look at Kamara physically, he doesn't look that imposing. He doesn't even look like he's got that big base like Kareem Hunt does. Kareem Hunt was a really good tackle breaker in college, and you can see it, like he's wide down the bottom. Yeah. Kamara doesn't look like that. You'd look at him and you'd think, oh, New Orleans scat back. They've always got one. That'll be our third down pass catching guy. You know what this guy is proving? And I don't know how he does it, but he's a tackle breaker. He looks like a really complete player. Uh, he's proportionate, 5'10", 215. He's carrying the weight where you need to carry it. So you understand that he can be what you need him to be. He could be sturdy. He can hold up to the abuse. It's funny you mention that. Even his number, he wears 41. It's yeah. like he's halfway between the backfield and the receivers. Like, you know, make up your mind. Are you, are you with us? You're on the, <laughs> you're the outside guy, inside guy. No, but he's really proving his worth with Mark Ingram uh, and the issues they've had so far in the Saints offense. Rams out of field goal. It is 27-10. They lead the Giants with still a minute to go. Until the break, you knew the Rams were better than you thought. Uh, You knew the Giants weren't very good, but 27 points in the first half. The Rams continue to be an explosive ball uh, ball club. So uh, we're looking at all these games. We're approaching the break. Uh, Lots of perspective analysis. The fantasy update coming up in just a handful. But let's get Gascon in here with a full update. And we got breaking news out of Jacksonville, Dave. Yeah, I'm just going to ask you as a question. Have you ever punched a wall or punched a door? Uh Uh-oh. Um, Rich, I'm betting yeah. you have a yeah, lot. Yeah. This is something like most weeks, this like, is like, like close fist, barehanded. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. This is a part of the personality that had to change to be like you know marriage material. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Me, I, me, it's you, in my past now. You, you guys know me. I punched a pillow one time, and then I apologized to it for too much. <laughs> he was I, in a cast for weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah not me. But. You were getting fed kale smoothies in the morning <laughs> time for your recovery, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I. Don't don't understand it, but football players punching other football players in the head. This right. is exactly what went down. <laughs> right. Jacksonville and Cincinnati. He grabbed him in a chokehold and he, slammed him he, to the ground. I mean, they are A.J. Green slammed Jalen Ramsey to the ground. I mean, picked him up and slammed him to the ground. He's got to be ejected. I have never in wow. all my years in the NFL seen a player do wow. something so bad. A.J. Green grabs Jalen Ramsey around the neck slams him to the ground and Jalen Ramsey wasn't even fighting back. A.J. Green just threw his helmet off. A.J. Green should be ejected and suspended without a doubt. Without a doubt he should be. And and both empty 
or both the, the sidelines have not emptied. The Bengals sideline is empty and trying to get A.J. Green under control. And they're still going at it. There's more Jaguars going out with other. You got Adam Jones out there, which isn't a surprise. I mean, A.J. Green, <laughs> that should be about as long an on-field as suspension as a player can get. I have never seen that in all my years around the National Football League ever. Well, I've lost respect for A.J. Green. Oh, yeah. Okay, I, I, I don't mean I, – I apologize already for laughing through that whole thing, but let me take a wild guess on something, Gabe. Let me take one wild guess. Yes. That was the Jaguars broadcast. Yes. Okay, yeah. no, just wanted to check <laughs> and make sure. To, yeah. yeah that. <laughs> Going out there to live, right? Yeah. A.J. Green apparently <laughs> lifetime suspension yeah. is, is done for us his career. Throw the book at him, yeah. right? Holy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> book him, Dano. He's <laughs> done. <laughs> By crazy. the way, Jaguars actually lead in this ballgame over Cincinnati at the half, 13-7. to uh, this is an interesting shout-out for, for one Rams former coach in Jeff Fisher. Check this out. Third down, 33. Nine and a half to go. Bubble screen left side. Robert Woods charging ahead. 45 breaks inside 40. 35-30. Robert Woods, first down 20. 10-5. Touchdown. L.A. on third down and 33. A screen to the left side. And Robert Woods has his first touchdown as a Ram. It comes at MetLife Stadium in New York in week nine, and it makes the score 16 to 7 LA. And with that touchdown, you won't believe this, but at the 926 mark, second quarter, week nine, LA has already exceeded its point total from all of 2016. Wow. So, oh, so that, that gave him 249 for the season. Last year, Fisher's Rams had 244 points all of 2016. Going 7-9. and nine. Yeah, no, you're not. What was he going? 4-12, and 12, actually, I think is what he went, or something like that. So, at the break, the Rams lead the Giants 27-10. to 10. Jared Goff, 9 of 16 for 209 yards and three TDs. I... I guess Baker Mayfield and Mason Rudolph are kind of just lifting the shoulder at him right now in that first half performance, but all kinds of offense in that ball game. By, by, by the way, it started to jump in. We're now watching a highlight of this Jags-Bengals thing, Yeah. and Ramsey and Green have both been thrown out of the game. Yeah. I love the Jags announcers. What Green did was an aggressive sure. Yeah. It came right after Ramsey to gave him a total sucker shove in the back when he wasn't even looking. They left that conveniently out of their conversation. Well, the best part is tomorrow you know you're going to get a remix on this video with Jim <laughs> Ross. <laughs> Right? Like, it's going to have a sound of, like, a table or I, uh, someone getting slammed somewhere. I look forward to that. I, I feel I feel good, though, about uh, Green's ground and pound technique. He's really good when he has full mount. Yeah, it really it – was, it was a UFC battle we saw in the defensive secondary. Yeah, I see your producer jumping up and down right now in the studio. It's really yeah. annoying, and that usually means either the Raiders scored a touchdown or someone from the AFC no, West it, gave up a touchdown. No, it means that – well, yes, that, yes. that did have second part. Jay Ajayi. Yeah. With his first touchdown as an eagle, and it came from about 49 yards out, Dave. Yeah, it's pretty annoying. Robert, like, stands up, starts jumping up and down. He leaps up to, like, six feet tall all of a sudden. And now, uh, yeah, Philadelphia's yeah. got four touchdowns. Denver's got three field goals. That's what it comes down to uh, well, so far. Unfortunately for that Raider fan, it's the Broncos, <laughs> not the Chiefs, getting scored on. The Chiefs 
are still going to keep the Raiders out of the playoffs, but that's okay. Pending a PAT, Eagles lead the Broncos 30-9 to with a minute 20 to play in the first half there. Colts over the Texans 10-7. Marcus Mariota with a touchdown pass to Rashard Matthews 16-6 Tennessee over Baltimore. Carolina at the break leading Atlanta 14-10. And that's it. I don't know if maybe during the break you guys want to come over here. I got tables. I got some chairs. We could yeah, throw man. them at each other. Ladders, whatever it may be. This is a uh, that's some fun stuff. Yeah, let's uh, let's do it. Let's uh, let's let's uh, see if we can make some YouTube videos. Yeah, and uh, we'll jump off the roof, and I'm sure everything will be fine. Yeah, right. I'll, I'll fight Mark. That's uh, yeah. That we'll get that. We'll, we'll get that going. That's going to be a quick video. It's going to be about. I, I got over under three and a half seconds. We'll vine it. Is that still yeah, a thing? Or <laughs> yeah, a little periscope. It's too soon, bro. Going to be awesome. All right, fantasy ticker coming up in a handful of minutes. We're live, Geico. Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. Only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. This this Ajayi touchdown is under review, by the way. Take a look at this. Is he in? He leaps at the three-yard line. He's hit. He goes airborne and lands out of bounds, trying to hold the ball over the pylon as he flies. Uh, this is a tough call. They're going to go with touchdown. It stands. The Eagles. Hey, man, I am a buyer. Like, I understand that the Broncos have quarterback problems, but their defense is good, and Philadelphia has just hung a 31 spot on them in the first half. Uh, you know, this Ajayi pickup at the trade deadline. He's a weapon. It's, uh, yeah, absolutely is. I'm so glad you played that drop because this is exactly what's going on with this situation. The reason why the NFC has Ajayi now instead of the Dolphins is because of the division he plays in. Miami traded him to the Eagles because they were worried when his contract came up, they're unsure if they want to pay him. They knew for certain they would be playing against him twice a year in New England. Mm. Ajayi looks like a New England Patriots back to the T. Really? Oh, what absolutely. What does that mean? What is that? Just a big punishing back that maybe has had some down years, maybe underproducing per what his talents would 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 you would suggest. And he goes to New England and he has 1,300 yards and yeah. like 15 <laughs> touchdowns. It's just how it goes. So I, I look at this not so much like, hey, yo, we're not sure if this is going to pan out. It's like we're not sure if we're going to pay him, and we certainly know we don't want New England to have him. So we're shipping him off to the NFC. Amazing. All right. It's week nine NFL. we got a lot of games going on, a lot of them reaching the break. Um, and uh, I want to talk about this one. The Colts lead the Texans 10-7. to 7. Uh, the seven points the Texans have came from their defense. They scored their seven points. Tom Savage, frighteningly, looks like the same guy he looked like in the first half of week one when everybody looked at him and went, you know, maybe we should try Deshaun Watson. <laughs> the problem is Deshaun Watson's on the sideline again this week, but he is uh, wearing a, a sweatshirt and jeans, and therefore he's not going to be available. Let's remind everybody that Savage is 7 of 19. For 76 yards, no scores, no picks. In a home game against the Colts, possibly the worst pass defense in the NFL. Everyone has torched that team this year. Uh, the 49ers, your buddy Brian Hoyer torched that, torched that team. Yep. Uh, Novante Davis in the game, one of their best pass defenders. So when I'm looking at this situation and on my way to work today, uh, listening to Jay Glazer talk about the fact that there are Kaepernick whispers with the Texans. Hmm. Listen, 
Uh, McGloin is going to be there. T.J. Yates is going to be there. You could put them out there. It's going to look exactly like Tom I've always Savage. said this, though, when you have McGloin, you have a chance. Yeah. You you know that I've always said that. <laughs> if you had always said that, you would not have this job. I played with him at you, Penn you, State. He's a good he's a good dude. He, he actually played under Billy O'Brien, the head coach of the Texans, so during his time at Penn State. Okay. Obviously, that relationship is why he's adding depth to the position now. Uh, so he understands the verbiage, the language, the offense. Uh, but but I, I know where you're heading. Well, if the Texans can somehow pull this game out today, let's remind everyone they'd be 4-4 four and four in a division where right now 4-3 and three is first place. Yes. This team can play. They've got every box checked except for quarterback. This is why they were rumored to be after Romo in the offseason. They didn't address it. Instead, they go to Deshaun Watson and they struck gold. But now this guy is out. And let's think about some of the reasons that people would say don't get Colin Kaepernick. There's the obvious political ramifications, the media firestorm, all of that. But Bob McNair, the owner of this team, completely lost his relationship with his own locker room with the comments that were made in an NFL meeting a couple of weeks ago. A signing like this, while yes, it would cause a media firestorm, would actually, in my opinion, have a calming influence on his locker room, probably would get everybody back on his side. It's the ultimate apology, and when he tried to apologize to his team, remember, it made it worse. And this whole idea of, oh, well, Kaepernick is a certain style of quarterback. It's got to fit. Yeah, he looks and plays exactly like, not as good as, but the same style as Deshaun Watson. This makes a lot of sense, Rich. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but here's the thing. It's still it's still a dividing issue, uh, even in a locker room, an NFL locker room. And I'm a guy who sympathizes, empathizes. I I played with some of these guys who are taking a knee a knee who are so conflicted pregame they can't even with good faith uh, uh, feel like they can put their hand over their heart just like I used to yeah. and stand and salute the flag of the sideline and and hear the playing of the national anthem without this inner conflict. And so trust me. I, 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 if I was still in a locker room, I'd be conflicted. This is a big deal. And Colin Kaepernick launched this protest during the national anthem to get a worthy message out about a worthy cause. But the issue is not everybody in the Houston Texans locker room is on the side of Kaepernick oh, is no, on the side of the protest. There, there's no locker room that and, is that that is you know 100 anything exactly. And so all it takes is one, even if it's just a loud vocal minority, to come up and say like, "No, I'm against this signing. I I don't like this." And you have a fracture, and that could cause a distraction. So the hireability factor of this is is like you meant. Uh, it's met with scrutiny because it would create that media firestorm and potentially a, a divisiveness inside of your franchise. All right, the second half about to get an underway in a lot of these games. We'll have the fantasy ticker coming up. Rich Ornberger in for Rob Ryan today. We've also got breaking news surrounding the Bucks in New Orleans, which we are going to pass along here in just a moment. Stay right where you are. This is a pretty big one. That's next Fox Sports Radio. Mainly because of injury. We know he's been struggling with that shoulder, but Ryan Fitzpatrick, Rich, right. is in at quarterback for Tampa. Yeah, it hasn't gone well for a while for Fitzpatrick. And you know what? Truthfully, I mean, for the Bucks this season, this is just another issue in line. I, 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 it's not going to be a good day for the Buccaneers in New Orleans. No, it's uh, it's been a tough season, in fact. As I uh, mentioned off the uh, the top of the show, like I didn't realize – the Bucks were two and five coming into today. I mean, it, their season feels more competitive than that, and now they're playing at the home of the division leader. 
and it certainly feels like going two and six uh, and a loss to the Saints. I mean, that's probably a wrap here, even in the first half of the season. Yeah, you're just widening the margin between the top dogs in the basement uh, by a game. So they're a game ahead, you're a game. It's 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 really it's kind of a wrap if they don't figure out a way with their backup now to storm back on the road in a very very loud environment when the Saints are rolling who that nation it's it's going to i mean it's tough sledding anyways it's going to be even worse now that they have a uh, a 13 point lead Drew Brees is rolling left he's actually going to use his legs run slide down to the 5 yard line and uh, that'll set up about a second down and 3 coming up for the Saints inside the 10-yard line. Drew Brees, one of those guys who we were talking about, you know, an Andrew Luck, a Cam Newton, a bunch of these mobile quarterbacks who get injured all the time. Drew Brees, not that type of guy other than his throwing shoulder surgery that got him sort of shipped out from Chargers and free agency to New Orleans where he won his Super Bowl and, and rose to fame in the NFL. He's smart when he runs the ball. You just saw it here. He was going towards the sideline. But even instead of risking the hit, stepping out of bounds, he gets down and slides. Very smart with his body, especially you know at, the, at a tender old age. And Kamara takes the next play for four yards into the end zone, his second touchdown of the day. Uh, Alvin Kamara is having an absolute hell of a day. If you own him in fantasy, um, <laughs> you're having a good day. Uh, do you hear that that excitement in my voice? I hope so. Uh, Geico Fox Sports Radio having Studios. the time. Yes, he is. Thank he you, is. Sergio. Any, anybody, Thank you, Sergio. <laughs> anybody who's got Kamara on the team having the time <laughs> of their lives today. Speaking of which, let's do the fantasy ticker right <laughs> Time for the Fox Sports Fantasy Ticker. All right, the way this works, Rich Ornberger in for Rob Ryan today, is I'm going to roll through a bunch of names that are going off today. You stop me and tell me when I get to one of your guys. Okay, yeah. All right, hopefully. We'll start off with... The guy we just talked about, Alvin Kamara, is your fantasy leader for the day. He's got seven carries for 41 yards and a touchdown, five catches and 83 yards and another touchdown. He's lost a fumble today, but who cares? This guy is pushing 30 points right now. Uh, yeah, it does nothing for me. I just really okay, hope. Go. I'm in three <laughs> leagues. I just really hope he's not on someone else's team I'm playing against. All right, a couple quarterbacks to throw at you. Either of these guys, you guys, how about Jared Goff or Carson Wentz? Anybody uh, got anybody there? Uh, unfortunately, neither. There's yeah. something about the Rams and fantasy I just can't buy yet, uh, but Goff is the real deal. Goff's got 209 yards, three scores. Wentz has 177 yards and three touchdown throws. You wouldn't have thought of this. T.Y. Hilton, but Jacoby Brissett hit him for a long one earlier, has hit him a couple other times as well. Three catches, 86 yards, and a touchdown for T.Y. Hilton. And let's not discount the fantasy day for Cam Newton, although very little of it has come from passing the ball. He's 8 of 14 for 77 yards. No scores, no picks, but rushing the ball. He had that big one run that was long, and then he also has a touchdown rush, seven carries, 83 yards, and a touchdown for Cam Newton. Cam? Cam? I feel nothing. Okay, you've got nothing going so far. All right. No movement I'm sure you have Richard Matthews, who has four catches for 70 (laughs) yards and a touchdown for the Titans today. Anyone? Bueller? Not yet. All right. I'm I'm having a tough day at the presses. I tell you what, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, four catches, 63 yards, a touchdown. Marquise Lee, five catches, 39 yards, a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey. Oh, oh, oh! Christian McCaffrey. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> we got a guy. Christian McCaffrey with seven carries for 40 <laughs> yards and a touchdown. 
three catches for 12 yards, adds that in there too, and the potential that he's going to take over the position now because he's doing it well, and Jonathan Stewart has fumbled twice well, today. Well, 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 everything's looking up Richard all of a sudden. <laughs> Feeling pretty good about myself today. Any Rams receivers? Sammy Watkins, one catch, but it went for 67 yards and a score. Robert Woods, two catches, 56 yards yeah. and a score. Any of those guys? No, I mean, just like I said, the Rams, for whatever yeah. reason, I pull Bueller. up the app and they just hurt my eyes. I can't take a Ram yet in fantasy. Well, they, do it. they also said that Jay Ajayi would get limited carries today. That's true. But oh, one, oh. one of them was a long one. Not, oh. And you started him? Ajayi! <laughs> No way. Yes, I did. Why did you start yes, him? Yes, I did. That's that's a bad move that, that worked out well. No, no, no. He's that uh, he's that wide receiver, tight end, running back guy. Just slated him in there. Just a throwaway Just deal. Just him in there. Well, Felt five. really good five, about it. Five carries, 69 Fired yards, and a score for Jay Ajayi. That's why you were so animated when he went on that run. You know, he's a pretty good player. I was just excited for him. And okay. then I, I checked. Uh, yeah, no, I, it was the whole fantasy thing. Yeah. Uh, Joe Mixon's got a touchdown run as well 31 yards two catches 15 yards as well there is your fantasy football ticker so far uh week nine national football league all right yeah, there you good. go that was Gosh, really good that was a lot of energy i'm exhausted <sighs> um ryan fitzpatrick is out there on the field for the bucks and that's going pretty much like you'd expect it to 23 to 3 the saints lead the bucks Alvin Kamara's got those two touchdowns, one receiving, one rushing, and the Buccaneers season feels like right now it is on life support. So we're going to move into the second half of these games. Also start to get you ready for the afternoon session of games. There's a massive game coming up in Dallas later on this afternoon. We'll get you ready. In the West, that's what I call time to check your fantasy game for the first time. I never look until noon. It doesn't matter until now. Can't do it. But now things are starting to take shape. If you have Rams receivers, excitingly somehow, you're in pretty good shape. Uh, And if you have Alvin Kamara, you're in pretty good shape. We're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. And coming up shortly, Jeff Allen from Vegas. Joins with a free selection. Uh, But that Saints game, it's not just Kamara. Drew Brees just hit Ted Ginn for a long touchdown, and the route is on in New Orleans uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick at the helm. Now a fight is actually breaking out on the field. Second time we've said that today. The other one being between Cincinnati and Jacksonville, where A.J. Green and Jalen Ramsey have both been thrown out of the game already. I don't know what led to that, <laughs> but I do know that Ryan Fitzpatrick just took a hell of a hit a moment ago, and so maybe it's a good idea that the Bucks have Jameis Winston out of this game. Yeah, yeah. I, well, although from the sideline, he got himself involved. Oh, he was the he one started who started the scrum. It. Oh, and then Mike Evans came wow. in and crushed Lattimore. Wow. Okay, this is fascinating. That what, was violent. What the heck was going on there? Winston is out of the game with the shoulder injury. But he's over there, and he looks like he's trying to point and direct somebody on the field, and in doing so, kind of shoves Lattimore in the back. Lattimore turns around, gives Winston a shove. Sean Payton is now on the field screaming at people. <laughs> Just wandering that's what, around. Boy, Rob Ryan would love this because yeah. Rob used to work for Payton, and he talks about him every week. He's like he's bananas on the sideline. Like he's yeah. an absolute maniacal, unbelievable human being. So we're seeing that right now. It's 30-3. to three. But when you touch the quarterback, 
the teammates are going to freak out, whether it was their fault or not. So to borrow a phrase from the elementary school playground, Jameis Winston started it, but I, I, you know, I don't know if you can, you can't touch him or else the teammates are going to freak out. So Mike Evans came and shoved Lattimore in the back and, uh, and here we go. Yeah, it looked like Lattimore was talking trash. Jameis was pointing, trying to direct traffic from the sideline, and and Evans just would not have it and came and absolutely crushed Ooh. Lattimore, and then the fight ensued. It was an absolute frenzied brawl on the Buccaneers' sideline. You know, this is actually something about Jameis that I thought might limit him at the next level is controlling himself a little bit. Very passionate guy, very fiery guy. Reminds me almost a little bit of Tim Tebow in that huh. we got to go out there and win for win for the Gipper. You know, like that kind of like, you know, that, that rah-rah guy in the locker room. I didn't know if it was going to work at the NFL level, but guys in that locker room love him. Yeah. Absolutely love him. And I played with a guy who's very real in New England. He got traded to Tampa Bay. Uh, he was a Pro Bowl guard named Logan Mankins. And he said protecting Jameis was a dream because he treated his offensive lineman great. Wow. He knew every single person in the building's name. He was a leader from day one. Introduced himself to a 11-year vet looking him in the eyes saying, hey, I'm so glad to have you in front of me. Knew everything about him. He's like, because you're going to be one of my guys protecting me, and I just appreciate everything you do. That's great. That's and great. so these guys, this does not surprise me at all, uh, having having uh, Evans come in there and absolutely smash Lattimore after getting into it with Jameis, even if it was perceived, because that's the crown jewel of that franchise right, right now. Right. No, they're going to protect him. I get it. And I understand your comparison to Tebow, but I also think this one – this was, wasn't just rah-rah. This one had, like, that trash talk vibe to it. Sure. It looked to me, and again, we're just watching on a TV, it looked like Winston was trying to direct traffic on the field, get someone's attention, but sort of use that as an opportunity to poke Lattimore in the back of the head, <laughs> uh, make it look like it was an accident. Like, he pokes him in the back of the head, Lattimore turns around, and Winston's holding his finger over his head like, no, I'm pointing. Like, everybody go that way. We're going that way. And Lattimore's like, I ain't having it. Yeah. I'm going to shove you back. And then Evans loses it. And the officials are still uh, figuring this thing out right now. Uh, luckily, no one got hurt because they all got on the ground and they were they were really going at it there for a second. You want to talk about a quarterback who may need protecting soon, actually, is Carson Wentz. Philadelphia uh, tackle Lane Johnson just came off the field, labored with what looks like a lower leg injury. As Jeez. we mentioned earlier, Peter's out. Now you have Lane Johnson. I mean, what's going to happen here? Wentz takes hits in that pocket, and and it, it's it's a it's a well protected guy. Now that you have both your bookends on the sideline, how's this going to look well, for a team that's absolutely roaring right now? And don't forget, Zach Ertz is not playing today. Got going in uh, pregame warmups, and the hamstring was feeling tight. The Eagles decided to keep him out. I do have to say this: it's 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 interesting to me that at this point we haven't seen it take an effect yet. Like, mm. if you're going against Vaughn Miller without any of your tackles, I would think you would have a problem. What have the Eagles done with it? I don't know. Score 31 points in the first half, and they're on the 13-yard line knocking on the door again right now. It is starting to have that Tom Brady, New England Patriots feel where there is something going on system-wise right now because they're doing a lot of plug-and-play, and it keeps working. Yeah, you're right. You are absolutely right about this Eagles team. It seems like everybody they put mix in to this starting lineup, especially offensively, but don't sleep on the defense either. They come to play and eat people's lunch every single weekend. 
This Eagles team has it figured out this year. And right now, easier time for a tackle to come off the bench and get in the game, get in the mix against a team like the Denver Broncos, who, as we mentioned, have a game wrecker on their sideline in Von Miller. And as I'm speaking, we have action in this Rams wow, yeah. or Giants game. Todd Gurley with a screen pass from Jared Goff around midfield gets all the way down to the one-yard line. I think the official did a great job there of calling that down at the one. That's that play where you're reaching out for the goal line at the end. They seem to always call it a score on the field, and then when they review it, they're like, oh, his knee was down, the ball should be at about the half-yard line. That's what this one looked like again, and the, and the refs called it that way on the field. Uh, Gurley gets the next carry. He's going to lose two yards, though. So here comes a second and goal from the three-yard line. Uh, this Rams offense is humming today. They lead at New York 34-10. to Have you ever gone to a sports bar to watch football? And so there's so many TVs going on. You're not watching every single play. And every time you check in on one game, it feels like the same team has the ball. That's this <laughs> Giants-Rams game. Like, every time I look over there, golf – is on the field. Are they playing winners outs? What's happening in this football game? Third down conversions. That's what you need to look at. When you when you notice that one team is winning the time of possession battle, it's because the opposite side is going three and out too often or scoring too fast. But given the score in that game, it's Rams 34, and that just increased to 40. There'll be an ensuing a PAT. Yep. Woods just caught a pass from Goff second, over the middle. Second of the day, second as a Ram. He had not scored all year. He's done it twice today. So too many three and outs on the opposite side when you see time of possession slip away from one team and favor largely another. It, it feels like the same story with this Eagles game. Every yep. time we look at that screen, it is the Eagles pressing in the fringe or the red zone looking to score. And uh, A fascinating move by the Eagles here. They're going to go for it on fourth and one. At the three-yard line of the Broncos, they complete it. However, the spot that they're giving him, ooh, that is going to be close. Mm. Uh, so a measurement coming up, and I'm going to say that I'm going to lean on the side of he didn't get it based on the spot uh, that they uh, that they just gave him. Now, we know Peterson is a bit of a gambler for the Eagles, but, you know, you're up 31-9. to nine. Um why not just go ahead and take the three? That's interesting. They gave him the first down. Yeah. I don't know if a review flag is going to fly here, uh, but without even a measurement, they give him the first down, first and goal now from the two for Carson Wentz and company, and he's going to roll out on an option play, give the option, wow. and it's a touchdown for the Eagles. That's Clement who's <laughs> going to go in for his second score of the day. This is like when everything's hitting. I, I, I Play callers, they can get in the zone too. All of a sudden, you have Carson Wentz lined up in what's called a pistol formation, three yards behind the center and gun with his tailback dotted behind him at seven yards, and they ran a double option. Uh, the quarterback could take it himself. You leave someone unblocked, so you add a blocker, and that blocker was Carson Wentz on Von Miller, the pitch out to Clement for the score <laughs> in the corner of the end zone. This is Look, this is great stuff from the play calling on the sideline of the Philadelphia Eagles. You have so many weapons, and to use a play that I think I see New Mexico using, for crying out loud, <laughs> University of New Mexico, yeah. uh, in, in, a, in a professional football game, it means you're, you have a, a fortune of, of spoils of war that very few teams have offensively. Eagles look great. We haven't checked in on Carolina and Atlanta in a little while. Right now, the Panthers at the 147 mark of the third quarter are lining up for a 45-yard field goal attempt. 
Ooh, this is going to be close. It's good. Just inside the right upright, and that gives the Panthers a two-score lead. They've now scored 20 unanswered points in this game, and I am going to point out again that that 20-point outburst coincided with them pulling Jonathan Stewart from the game for the most part, handing the running game over to Christian McCaffrey, and look what's happened. McCaffrey and Stewart are almost even in carries today. Stewart has nine. He has 16 yards and two fumbles. Right. McCaffrey's got eight. He's got 47 yards and a touchdown. Add in three catches for 12 yards as well. Uh, Listen, uh, you know me. I'm not a huge numbers guy. I don't rely only on stats. McCaffrey has busted a couple of long ones. I get it. But the offense seems to be working better when McCaffrey is back there getting more touches than it has been so far this year. Everything regresses to the mean This starts and finishes with the stat line Cam Newton has right now. 11 of 18, 121, uh, no interceptions, no touchdowns either thrown, but he's doing it with his feet. Eight carries, 85 yards, averaging over 10 yards a carry and a touchdown on the ground where he dunked on the Falcons' defense at the goal line. Uh, This is is Cam Newton's game. They try to make him a pocket passer. Stewart has two early fumbles. Carolina's falling behind. You regress to the mean. You say, Cam, could you make the magic happen if we call some some planned runs? If the pockets break down, can you get outside and, and create? He does. There is one team that looks like it's still a quarter to go, but looks like they're on their way to a shocking five and three first half. Are we buying them as a playoff contender? We'll tell you who we're talking about. Coming up next, Rich Ornberger today is in for Rob Ryan, Mark Willard, Fox Sports Radio. All right, I joked a few minutes ago that the Rams, it looked like that game was uh, playing winner's outs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because every time I look up, they scored. And, and while we were having that conversation, they scored. Robert Woods with that touchdown. So then uh, we go to break, and you and I are sitting here talking, and we look up, and the Rams have the ball at the five-yard line again. I'm like, I think they actually are <laughs> playing winner's outs. And Todd Gurley runs it in for his second touchdown of the day. It is 48-10. The Rams lead at New York. I know the Giants aren't good, but, you know, the Rams have been so fascinating as we've seen them play this year. At first, you're like, are they good? They're like, they're definitely better, but are they good? I think we've now gotten to the point where, yes, they're good. And then the second part of the conversation is the points they've put up, you're like, are they are they maybe even high octane? Like, look at the numbers now. I know it's Jared Goff. I know he's not Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers. But take a look at the points this team has put up this year. This offense is as good as any in the NFL right now. I, look no further, really, uh, numbers aside, look no further than the fact that when they leave New York, they're going to have four wins, four consecutive wins on the road and that ties their overall win record from a season ago. 4-0 and on the road. Mm. There are a lot of coaches who say we got to split on the road and win most of them at home, six games, you're a 10-win team. And that is just the, the recipe for success. That makes you a playoff contender, potentially a division winner if it's a down year in your division. It, it, like that is the goal. You, you better be a 10-win team because it ensures everybody's going to have their jobs come next year and you have an opportunity to build. No, this is, this is a thing. This is a thing. What Jared Goff is doing, Todd Gurley, like you mentioned in the break, looks like a new man in this offense they're running. Uh, uh, Whitworth. Andrew Whitworth, do not look past the the addition that they made to up front 
Uh, he came from Cincinnati Bengals, longtime tackle in this league, veteran presence, just a man, a grizzled veteran up front, moving people, an earth mover type. Those are the pieces you need to put in place. So, yeah, while the French pastry, as some of my coaches would call it, on the outside, it, it looks good, the window dressing, the receivers, the quarterback, the running backs, you also have the men in the middle. They're doing it. Yep. So and, this and, is a full, complete team. And go ahead and look at the TV again. Who's coming out on the field? It, it's, Who? Ja- it's Jared Goff. <laughs> they are going to have the ball again. We're not even in the fourth quarter. It's 48-10. to 10. Coming into today's play, only the Eagles, Chiefs, and Patriots had scored more points than the Rams. And I wonder where that stat will be after this outburst because they're almost at 50. Now, meantime, the Eagles are at 38 in their game against the Broncos, so they're pouring it on as well. Uh, but right now... There is absolutely some surprising names uh, as we're, we reach this halfway point. We start to talk about maybe contenders for the NFC title game this year. You, you might have thought coming into the season, Packers, Cowboys, Seahawks. Sure. I give you Rams, Saints, Eagles. I mean, I mean that's what we're looking at right like, now. How about that? Yeah. How about that? And, you know, just to talk about the Rams and Eagles specifically, uh, you mentioned it feels like they're constantly in possession of the ball through these games. It means that their offense is holding on to the football, creating that time of possession. Also, their defense is forcing three and outs, a lack of conversion opportunities for the teams they're facing. But what Peterson is doing down at the goal line, going for it on fourth and one, uh, fourth and short, and then running an option play with Wentz and Clement to score another one, to go up to that 38-9 margin. And then what we saw on the goal line a a moment ago where Gurley scores on a spread offense type look, you got two-by-two receivers, and Gurley in the backfield, golf, all he had to do was count the box, and he goes, yeah, there's enough blockers for the guys that they have up front, so I'm going to hand it to Todd Gurley for the score. They aren't backing off. Everybody's getting paid in the NFL. There is no holds barred. You just go after people. It is a shame when you see an offensive coordinator start calling a tighter ball game in the second half, trying to preserve a score instead of just going for it. And that's what Peterson and McVay are doing in these two separate games. And this is good football. I tell you what, the other side of the coin, we were mentioning this Eagles team earlier that they keep losing people and there must be something system-wise that's going on because they're, they're doing a plug-and-play deal and they keep looking good. Now, the other side of that that we sometimes find in sports Think about what the Cavs looked like last year when LeBron James doesn't play on a night off. It's like, oh, my gosh, they just they, they stink. Right. They stink without LeBron James. It's over. How do the Packers look when Aaron Rodgers isn't there? Oh, my gosh, that's a completely different team. Do you know who I'd like to put in the Hall of Fame already? Who's that? Uh, Deshaun Watson. Listen to how different the Texans look with Deshaun Watson not in the game. They're at home against the worst pass defense in the NFL, the Colts. They're losing 17-7. to seven. The seven points they have came on a defensive touchdown. Tom Savage today is 8 of 26 for 81 yards. No touchdowns, no picks. I mean, guys like DeAndre Hopkins totally get taken out of the game. Two catches, 15 yards. This team is night versus day when Deshaun Watson's not in there. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. I know I'm not saying Kaepernick is definitely the answer, but cue the discussion in Houston this week. You've got to do something other than Tom Savage. Well, before we turn to the Kaepernick discussion, whether or not he should come in and play for one of these teams, I'm going to give you the yeah, but for that comment about Deshaun Watson. Yes, he 
is an awesome starting quarterback through his first eight games. Wait, wait, you're not bronzing his bust yet? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. His baby shoes might be bronze, but he's not in the Hall of Fame yet. This is this is a, a special player as a starting quarterback. There are a lot of those around the league. And the yeah, but is if you look at the Chargers, if they lose Phillip Rivers, it's Kellen Clemens behind him. If, if Carson Wentz, who's his backup? Hunley in, in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers goes down. Everybody looks worse when their franchise quarterback goes down. Matt Ryan, if he leaves this game, it's going to get even worse for the Falcons who are trailing by 10 uh, against the Carolina Panthers. It's, it's just what it is in this league. There's not enough talent at that position to go around to have a two deep that's special enough to win football games when your star is falling. Okay, but let me let me further that conversation. Think of the two names you just brought up when we were comparing Deshaun Watson. You went to Phillip Rivers. How many years has he been playing in the league? 14 seasons. 14. How many games has he missed? None. Zip a None as a starter. Okay. Yeah, Aaron yeah. Rodgers, the guy many would say is the most talented physical quarterback ever. I'm talking about Deshaun Watson. He has six starts, six starts, and look what he looks like already. So, in other words, he's going to get better. I'm I'm not pointing out he's a Hall of Famer because he's <laughs> better than Tom Savage. I knew that he was already better than Tom Savage. We knew that before the year even started. But this team was a high-powered machine the last few weeks with this guy who's never played in the NFL. He goes out, and they can't even get a first down. They can't even get a first down. Dallas Cowboys last year. Tony Romo goes down. Dak comes in. Nobody expects him to do what he was doing. Best, say, off, best offensive line in football. Okay. but which, say, which Houston does not boast. Say Romo could never come back. Say he retired on the spot. He's, I'm done. I'm done. And Dak goes down last year. What do you do if he goes down? Is Ezekiel Elliott as effective if there isn't no. a real threat of quarterback with the best offensive line? You could have whatever you want out there. If you don't have a star at quarterback, you cannot compete in this league. So, yes. I agree with you. While Deshaun Watson has been impressive through six games, there have been many like him who've given a team a jump, and that is the beginning of a great career, which it looks like Deshaun Watson will have. Can we settle on he's really, really good? He's really, really talented. He's really, really good. There's no question. And can we settle on the Texans need to do something different at quarterback? They probably probably should get McGloin in there. All right. Uh, Let's get Gascon (laughs) in here uh, right now and get everybody up to date on what's happening. Dave. I kind of feel like checking out right now. You I mean, do? All these, ga- all these defenses have checked out today, I know, right? I know. These games this morning, I mean, there are some games that are still in doubt. Carolina and the Falcons is a good game. Baltimore and Tennessee still close. Jacksonville just scored. But the big three teams we've been talking about, the yeah. Rams, Saints, and Eagles, they are punishing their opponents oh, right now. Yeah. yeah. Marcus Mariota just threw a pick, so Baltimore got the ball back. Eric Weddle. A former Charger. He got the INT, so Baltimore's on the move. They're at Tennessee's 42-yard line. Tennessee does lead in that affair, though. It's 16-6. Break up the Rams. Second down and goal from the fourth. Off is under center, strong right. He fakes the handoff, straight back drop, looking to the end zone. All alone for the touchdown. Caught for the Rams score by Robert Woods. And the Rams are blowing out the Giants. Yeah, to the tune of 48 to 10. Goff in the game, just 14 of 22, but 311 yards and four TDs. Todd Gurley, 104 total yards and a couple of TDs. You know what's so bad in these studios, guys, is that I got two TVs in here and one smaller screen, and we got the uh, the NFL package on here. Every TD that I or TV that I have on, it 
it keeps switching games because they're all blowouts. Because <laughs> they're all blowouts. Do you know? So. Do you know what people driving around or stuck at work on a Sunday uh, are thinking when you go? You know what sucks about being here <laughs> yeah. in front of all my TVs here at Fox Sports Radio? <laughs> I mean, the craft services have barely exactly. refilled the yeah, gouda. You know. I like smoke gouda, and they went with regular. Bartender, please. I need oh another one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I, I see your point, okay. Touche. Right. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. let make me feel uh, yeah, a little. Yeah. All right. Anyways, Carolina leads Atlanta 20 to 10. Jacksonville got a couple nice plays, and they're up big now. Gets it away. High punt. Mickens retreats. Fields at his 38 yard line and gets up the field to the 45. Jaden Mickens into the open field to the 40. Jaden Mickens to the 35, to the 30, to the 20. To the 10, to the 5, touchdown, Jacksonville. Jaden Mickens on the punt return for the score. Jaguars Radio oh, Network, they leave the Bengals 20-3-7. to to What happened, Mark? Did you see oh, something? Oh, I just saw that. Julio, no. Julio Jones, I mean, Matt Ryan gets nailed as he throws it and lays a dime feathery into his lap. Miss coverage Jones by himself in the end zone. Drop. And did you see Julio after he drops that ball? He went full dead fish. He just flopped down like, I hate myself. (laughs) Yeah, Mark Mark and Rich, you know what sucks is that there's people driving around right now that are saying, I can't see what you guys are talking about right right now. What a a rub that in, Rich. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. yeah, that's that's very nice of you. (laughs) I'm over here stirring an old (laughs) fashioned. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm following it on Twitter. I was passing along right. the description <laughs> from somebody else. All right, fair I, enough. Can't, I can't see the games right now. Right, no can't see them. Colts lead the Texans 17-7. Saints are walloping the Buccaneers 30-3. Jameis Winston did nothing in this game, was benched with an injury to decide to pick a fight with somebody. But, again, Tampa Bay is just uh, <laughs> dreadful today. So, that is it. Tennessee is uh, – well, Baltimore's still in the march again after yeah. Marcus Mariota's INT. So, we'll keep an eye on that one. It's – one of the closest games that we got so far. It's a 10-point difference between that one and also the Colts and the Texans. Yeah, big run by Alex Collins moments ago that's going to get Baltimore well into the red zone. They trail 16-6, to so this is a very big drive, especially if they can turn this into six right here. Uh, we've got ourselves a ball game. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? Probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. This is Rich Ornberger hanging out for Rob Ryan today. Red Zone Radio, Mark Willard, Joe Flacco. Uh, oh, my gosh, he's scrambling toward the end zone, Ooh. and he slides really early this time. <laughs> yeah. Did anybody, did anybody? I mean, that was flashing in front of my eyes the same way I think it was for him. As it was happening, I'm like, wow, this looks a lot like the Kiko Alonso play. Uh, yeah, and he had his long hair protector right behind him, right. ready to pounce if uh, he took a shot there, which he didn't. Everybody pulled up the way they were supposed to. <laughs> but you think he's got visions of Alonso in oh. his head? I think so. Yeah, Flacco came around the right, and he was just like, no, 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 guys, I'm, I'm sliding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sli- I'm very sliding right now. Uh, so he gains three, second down from the five. Collins is going to get it, uh, and they're going to push close to the first down. I think he's maybe a yard shy at the three-yard line. So third and one coming up, nine and a half to go in this game. Tennessee leads Baltimore 
16 to 6. Gascon mentioned it, by the way, too. We don't see this very often. We've had two fights today. Yeah. Two yeah. fights in the NFL. Were, were you ever involved in these? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah. I mean, we yeah, hear yeah, them about, yeah. I feel like we hear them about them in practice amongst teams. Sure. Uh, more than we see them on Sundays. I'll give you one that happened on a Sunday. Again, d- during that abysmal year with the Cardinals, d- during our run of, of poor luck, we're losing every game. We're on the road against the Jets. Sione Pua was their gigantic nose tackle. I'm one-on-one with him. I get dragged all the way out to the hash marks, and he's raining punches down on me, and I got no chance. I mean, it's a gigantic, angry Samoan just, I mean, just absolutely nailing me. What, now, why? What was he so upset well, I, mean, I wasn't playing exactly the cleanest game at okay. the time. I mean, I got my shots in, too. I, so, I mean, but granted, he, I, I may have started, but this this giant of, this giant of a man he, certainly finished, he finished it. finished it. And, okay. uh, uh, and and my my offensive tackles came uh, running out to save me. I was playing center that game, and it was just I was they, he was finished with the pummeling. And I stand up. I was like, "Where were you? <laughs> where were you? Where, where were you on that one, guys? Oh gosh! All right, so it happens, I guess. AJ Green and uh, Jalen Ramsey were both thrown out of the game between Cincinnati and Jacksonville earlier today. Jacksonville. Um, leading that one 23-7. And if you hear the radio call from the Jacksonville announcers, you will think that A.J. Green is guilty of treason and should be thrown in jail. Um, I think it was maybe a little bit short of that. I definitely think he was provoked by Ramsey. That's what the officials thought, too. Threw them both out of the game. Uh, But I tell you what, you know, you look at a matchup like that, Jacksonville, who's playing great defense this year, they've got young, really hungry, talented defensive players. If you're Jalen Ramsey and you can get A.J. Green knocked out of a football game, I think you submit yourself and go ahead and do it, don't you? Uh, yeah. If you're a secondary, your job is to lock down the number one receiver. Well, you did. I mean, you did. It's a one-for-one trade. Everybody will take, yeah, their secondary will get hurt a little bit here at this. Uh, Jalen Ramsey obviously doing a nice job for him. But when you can take away a, a huge threat – for Cincy, that makes life a lot easier on the rest of the defense. And Saxonville, what they've been able to do getting <laughs> double-digit sacks in multiple games, I mean, their front is taking care of a lot of the business that needs to be done defensively. So I think they'll be just fine. Did you just make that up, or did somebody give that to oh, you? Oh, no, no. That, that I read somewhere. Okay, I, 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 can't, I, I, did I, not, like I did not coin it. Somebody <laughs> made that up for me. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Andy Dalton. <laughs> I trust my writers. Well done. 9 of 15 for 136 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. That's Andy Dalton with no A.J. Green today outside of the beginning when Green had one catch for six yards. Jacksonville's on their way, 23-7. to And, of course, A.J. Green may also miss the rest of the season, at least if the Jacksonville Jaguars announcers are the ones making the decision. He grabbed him in a chokehold and he, slammed him he, to the ground. I mean, they are A.J. Green slammed Jalen Ramsey to the ground. I mean, picked him up and slammed him to the ground. He's got to be ejected. I have never in all wow. my years in the NFL seen a player do wow. something so bad A.J. Green grabs Jalen Ramsey around the neck, slams him to the ground, and Jalen Ramsey wasn't even fighting back. A.J. Green just threw his helmet off. A.J. Green should be ejected and suspended for weeks. Without a doubt, he should be. And and both empty 
or both the, the sidelines have not emptied. The Bengals <laughs> sideline is empty and trying to get A.J. Green under control. And they're still going at it. There's more Jaguars going out with other. You got Adam Jones out there, which isn't a surprise. I mean, A.J. Green, that should be about as long an on-field suspension as a player can get. I have never seen that in all my years around the National Football League ever. Well, I've God lost respect for A.J. Green. And now they're banging each other. All right. Uh, if you've never seen anything like that in all your years in the NFL, then you started working last week. Yeah, come on. I, I mean, I mean I, I, I've watched this thing now multiple times. Uh, this idea that Ramsey was this innocent flower that was just blowing in the wind <laughs> is obscene. Yeah. He totally shoves A.J. right in the back when A.J. wasn't even looking. Wasn't um, me. Granted, the two of them were jawing. They're going at it. This is what two great players often do. It, it, it very much, to me, looked – this looked a lot like Odell Beckham and Josh Norman. And, in fact, I wouldn't even say it was that intense. So, if you haven't seen this in, in your entire years in the league, well, then you missed, I don't know, last year? That, right. And, and the year before that? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm looked at this. There's there's something that went on there. I'm I wouldn't suspend AJ for Look, even next week. They, they keep those poor commentators locked in the box until game day, <laughs> and they don't see the light of day until then. They again, yeah. I look so I I feel for them in Jacksonville. Really, I don't because the thing right. about Jacksonville is they've changed the entire culture. This there. is the way they are. Okay, yes. I I feel I feel like Coughlin went down there and accepted that role in the front office, and Doug Marone became the head coach. And all of a sudden, they're no longer these patsies, pushovers of the AFC anymore. These guys are rude. They're raucous. Ramsey, I mean, look, he's a safety guy. Yeah, he's a secondary guy. You don't, you don't do that stuff, right, against the number one receiver. Right. No, they don't care anymore. This reminds me of those fronts you saw winning Super Bowls for in New York. The, the stray hand types, the tucks, the Pierre Pauls, those yeah. guys took no nonsense. They took no prisoners. What Jacksonville's doing with Coughlin behind the scenes, oh, yeah. giving everybody a push, getting that defense straight. I mean, it reminds me a lot of Belichick. Well, guess what? Coughlin and Belichick fell off the Parcells tree. And what did Parcells have in New York? Great defenses. There you go. This is just, I mean, I'm loving what Jacksonville looks like right now. They're on their way to being 5-3, and three, and they're going to be leading that division. Tennessee's right with them if they can hang on. Buck Allen did just get a touchdown catch from Joe Flacco, so just under nine minutes to go. The Titans in front of Baltimore, 16-13. We got a game there. That's the closest one of the morning. We will keep an eye on that one. The Giants have just gone in for a score. Evan Engram from Eli Manning there, and that shaves the deficit. <clears throat> to 31. Oh, so, uh, yeah, keep it in it. I'm trying to make it dramatic. I don't, I don't think it worked. All right. <laughs> I don't get uh, it. Yeah. Red Zone Radio will continue. Fox Sports Radio. All right. Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. The Titans are trying to get a hold on this game against Baltimore. They're probably... Well, are they going to go up by two scores right now? They are. Touchdown. And that one is going to probably give them the victory as they go up by 10 with only four minutes to go. And let's be honest, it takes the Ravens a couple of quarters to get 10 points at least. So I don't like their chances to do it in four minutes. Uh, Marcus Mariota now has two touchdown throws on the day. That one went to Eric Decker. Three catches, 21 yards, but one of them a touchdown for Decker today. 
Titans lead the Ravens 23-13. to Hold everything in Houston. Uh, the Colts had taken a 20-7 to lead, but that Tom Savage guy, he has hit DeAndre Hopkins for a 34-yard touchdown strike, and we've got a football game. 20-14, to Colts lead at Houston, 6-11 left to go. This would be a huge lift for that football team after losing Deshaun Watson if they can somehow scratch out a win today and then I think over the next week or so, you know, try to figure out what it is you're going to do. Let's not forget uh, that Tom Savage didn't even really get a practice weekend. Deshaun Watson's injury, if I remember correctly, happened on Thursday, right? Uh, yes, so Savage, that's Savage got one day of practice as the starter, uh, and that's the Friday practice, which, uh, I mean, you tell me. That's uh, that's maybe a little bit of a lighter practice than normal, is yeah. it not? No, no, yeah. Friday, you're not getting after it. It's typically a light practice. You're getting a good lather going, a sweat going. It's not quite a, a walk throw, uh, but you're you're not you're not popping anybody. You're not getting real looks out of the defense, out of the offense, quite frankly. How about Hopkins, though? I mean, he's hanging tight for this team. Yep. He's been a huge producer, got a big contract signed, but it reminds me so much of the story of Andre Johnson down there in Houston. They just couldn't get a good enough run going. They couldn't get it together for him. And he was one of the best we've seen in this league at the position. Calvin Johnson, another one in Detroit. Yep. They just never could really build it around him. Hopkins... Deshaun Watson, if if anybody's excited about Deshaun Watson coming in the doors and having the success he does, it's Hopkins right. thinking to himself, oh my goodness, this is the ticket to the playoffs. Well, although, remember Hopkins in the preseason was the guy that was like, Tom Savage is our quarterback. Yeah. Tom Savage is our quarterback, but you're right. He's a fascinating story in that remember what the last week and a half has been for DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins is the one Texan that didn't come back to the facility after this Bob McNair story broke. All the players were going to leave. They got talked back into the building, except for him. Right. He left. Four days, five days later, his quarterback goes down, and he's the leading receiver. This has been probably as frustrating of a 10-day stretch that DeAndre Hopkins has ever experienced in his career, and I think you're right. He deserves maybe a little nod for – hanging in there, getting himself ready to play, and he's having a nice day with Tom Savage as his quarterback today. I mean, and how about the Houston Texans as far as disappointment goes? I mean, they looked so good early on. You saw Deshaun Watson uh, figuring it out. I remember that it was a primetime game against Cincy early in the season. I'm watching him against the Bengals thinking, no, this guy's special. He's doing some things against this Bengals defense that he shouldn't be able to this early, making good reads, progressions, not just running the ball, but actually throwing the ball from the pocket too, creating when he got outside the pocket. So you have that going for you. You have this great defense. All of a sudden, J.J. Watt's gone. Merciless is gone. Deshaun Watson's gone. This McNair, the ownership, speaks out during the most tumultuous period in NFL history as far as uh, the players uh, speaking up against ownership figures. And you got Clowney, really your only pass rusher, posting a video on Instagram during Halloween (laughs) wearing an inmate costume. I mean, the team has gone from like this trajectory, this plane of up and now all of a sudden they're on they're on this decline and and it's it's sad because that was going to be one of the more fascinating stories in the AFC this season. All right, eyes on the game of the day. The Falcons are visiting the Panthers. Tevin Coleman has just caught a touchdown pass from Matt Ryan. So what that sets up 
is the Panthers lead this one 20-17 with about three and a half minutes to go. Um, but the problem for Carolina, as we've talked about so much, is they can't get their run game going. And right now is when you need one. You need to work on the clock. Uh, what they've done on their first two plays from scrimmage is gain one yard. That was Cam Newton on a quarterback keeper on, on first down. On second down, they give it to Jonathan Stewart, who has fumbled twice today but is still getting a few carries here and there. He goes for no gain. That sets up third down and nine. The check back in on the running game for the Panthers is this. Stewart has had 11 carries today for 21 yards and two fumbles. McCaffrey, 12 carries, 60 yards, and a touchdown. Five catches, 28 yards. I'm shocked that they're not using him on this last set of downs. They need a first down right here to put the game away, and it doesn't look like they're going to get it. Quick line on Mike Shula, the offensive coordinator in Carolina, Ron Rivera's team down there. I think that's an example of a team that gets tight in the moments that matter the most. Down at the goal line, late in games, third down conversions in the fourth quarter, preserving a leave. Peterson, McVay, Eagles, Rams, they go for it. You don't want a guy who's just trying to wind down the clock. The Falcons only have one timeout left. They've got the two-minute warning in their back pocket as well. 2.36 to go. It's the Panthers who end up calling a timeout before they run this play. So a very big third down and nine in Carolina is coming up. We'll let you know what happened coming up next. Here's the game in Carolina. Matt Ryan throws incomplete, and that is going to be a wrap. That was fourth and 13. No flags on the field. Minute 42 to go. Falcons only have one timeout. It's about to be victory formation for the Carolina Panthers as they lead this one 20-17. Coming to you live, Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. That's Rich Ornberger in for Rob Ryan today. Six-year NFL vet, Patriots, Cardinals, Chargers. Mark Willard with you as well. Week 9 NFL. I tell you, Rich, you look at the Panthers. Cam Newton talking to female reporters about routes. Routes. Walking off the podium in other situations. Everyone wondering, uh, you know, where's the running game? Cam does this. Doesn't look healthy. Trade Kelvin Benjamin away. Six and three. Life with Cam. This is life with Cam. You get used to the hot and cold streaks. This is how this organization is going to operate as long as number one is is uh, under center for you. Sorry, I'm distracted because yeah, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey <laughs> yeah. I mean, just another carry. He's averaging right now five yards a carry, and he just took that one for nine uh, running out this clock because it looks like they will be able to do that with the way this running game has gone today. Yeah, the Falcons used their last time out right here, and then it is probably going to be a couple of kneel downs for Cam Newton, and, and that's it. But I think, you know, the umbrella view of the Panthers, if you had just talked to some people, they're like, boy, yeah, things are, things are topsy-turvy there in Carolina this year. They are. They're 6-3. and three. Right. They're a half game behind the Saints, uh, nine games in. Um, and, 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 you know, in great shape in the NFC playoff picture. Well, and you look at this game in a vacuum and you just say, how did they win it? What, like, how do you win a game where your turnover margin is negative two on the day? I, they lost two fumbles. Jonathan Stewart, your, your, your featured back, not producing for you. Uh, the answer is Cam Newton. And again, you have to deal. It's life with Cam. You have to deal with the ups and downs. You got to ride the roller coaster with Cam. He's moody. We know that. 
Uh, there have been issues at press conferences recently and in his past. He's a bit of a powder when he loses. Uh, he's he's an iconoclast with the way he dresses and his stylings and his off-seasons and all of it, but the locker room loves him. He, they really do. I've, I've talked to offensive linemen who block for him. Mike Remmers uh, played in the Super Bowl with the Panthers. Uh, loves him. Absolutely loves him. Great teammate. But he's just that dude. You got to get used to that 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 up and down ride. And so, yeah, they're six and three. But aren't you exhausted after nine exhausted. games? Exhausted. Exhausted. I mean, there have been more stories coming out of the Panthers clubhouse and locker room this year than any team in the NFL. Uh, but here they sit. Six and three, uh, and absolutely a part of the picture. Meantime, uh, in Tennessee, the Titans lead by 10, and there's less than a minute to go, but a little bit more drama than maybe it sounds like, as the Ravens have a third and goal right now from the one-yard line. If they can get it in, uh, then it's going to be onside kick time, and who knows uh, what happens from there. By the way, what would you do right here if you don't get the score, Rich? If you don't get it on third and goal, are you kicking the field goal and then going onside kick and hoping for a Hail Mary touchdown? Or because you're only a yard away, do you maybe just say, we got to get the touchdown right here? Guess what? <laughs> not going to matter. Touchdown, Ravens. Uh, is that Mike Wallace who gets the one-yard touchdown catch? It is. Um, and so now it's 23-19, extra point to come, and uh, an onside kick is going to come after that. So uh, we're watching that one. We'll fill you in. The Saints are in victory formation. It's a final 30-10 to 10 over the Buccaneers. And uh, lots of questions right now for Tampa to answer. And it starts uh, with everything and the health of their quarterback with Jameis Winston. Oh, absolutely. Fitzpatrick is not the answer. We all know that he's a backup and he can come in and finish games for you and not, and not allow you to look completely ridiculous. But long-term, if Jameis isn't right, neither are the Buccaneers. Uh, this is a team that relies uh, very, very much so on their quarterback, like a lot of these teams do. Uh, and and really, the other thing about it is what you saw on the sideline, the frustration, the fighting that Jameis actually caused. Uh, I, Lattimore, for sure, was getting chirpy in his ear, and he poked him in the back of the helmet, and all of a sudden Evans is involved in a scuttlebutt on the sideline that gets everybody involved, basically. Uh, this is a team that is venting frustration right now, and when teams do that, they start flailing. Usually it doesn't it doesn't look good as you move forward. All right, it is a final. The Panthers beat the Falcons 20-17. to Earlier we were talking about the Rams' high-powered offense and how many points they've scored in relation to some of the other top teams in the league. I said the Eagles are the only NFC team that has scored more, but that might change today because the Rams have put up 51. Not true. So have the Eagles. Both of them dropping a 50 spot on their opponent today. The Rams do it to the New York Giants. 51-17 to is the final. It's quite a different story, though, if you ask me with regard to the Eagles. One, they've still got five minutes to go in the game. They could score more. They just dropped 51 on the Broncos. Yeah. Isn't that the best defense in football? Should be. Should be. Not playing it uh, like it uh, in this Eagles game. That's a tough matchup for anybody. I, and you know what? Actually, listening to the show on the weekends with you and Rob, he points out something about mobile quarterbacks. And Carson Wentz is exactly that that's so frustrating as a defensive coordinator. While, yeah, they may not last as long as those unathletic, 
strong-armed mad scientists in the pocket like Peyton Manning was, like Tom Brady still is, like Phillip Rivers has been, like many we've seen just hang in there in the pocket and throw the ball around the yard. A mobile quarterback gives you so many dimensions. It is so difficult to stop. And Carson Wentz right now is in a zone. He's in zen mode. Everything he does works. All right, let's check in on Colts and Texans right now. This is dramatic. 22 seconds to go. Texans down by six. They've got a first and goal at the seven-yard line. Savage is back to throw. Throws to the end zone. That is incomplete. No flags. 12 seconds left on the clock. So they're going to have at least two more shots here at the end zone. You got to give it to Savage. This is a terrible day for him. Uh, He's got to back up Deshaun Watson. He has not put up the numbers at all. But the Texans went down 20 to 7. And he finally started to throw it around the yard a little bit. He hit DeAndre um, uh, Hopkins uh, for a a 34 yard touchdown. That got them within six. Now they got the ball back, and he's driven them right down the field, uh, and they have an opportunity to steal this win uh, after Deshaun Watson gets hurt, and so it's kind of that hangover game. All right, we're going to have a timeout on the field by the Texans. Um, actually, no, by the Colts who take the timeout here. So uh, we'll uh, we'll have the uh, the final plays of that game coming up here in just a moment. Colts up 20-14. to 14. So, um, boy, that 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 is, uh, you know, T.Y. Hilton today has had a huge game, two touchdown catches for the Colts there. Uh, but that is, uh, that's, you got to give Savage a couple of points for the moxie shown here in the second half, don't you? I'll say two things about this Texans game and about Tom Savage. One, he was going to be the starter. It's a guy they had a lot of trust in prior to the draft. They knew they were going to target a quarterback. They didn't know who they were going to get. I'm sure they fell in love with Deshaun Watson like a lot of teams did. So they bring Deshaun Watson in. Savage still the starter out quarter one of the season. I mean, first quarter of play of his season. Uh, and that's unfortunate, but good coaching. That's what keeps you in ball games. And Billy O'Brien was offensive coordinator for the Patriots for a long time before taking a job at Penn State and then the head coaching job here with the Texans, still calling plays, doing a good job in crunch time. Savage throws here on second down. That's out of the back of the end zone. Incomplete. Seven seconds remain. Third and goal. If it's a quick enough play uh, and unsuccessful, there's the potential that they still have uh, time for two plays left. Also want to up uh, update you in Tennessee. It's now a final. Titans beat the Ravens 23-20. Ravens went for that onside kick. The ball never went 10 yards. They did one of those little soccer kicks where he ran up to it and then flipped it, kicked it with the back of his foot the other direction that he was running, and the ball had spin on it and went eight yards and turned around and went the other way. So uh, that didn't work out for the Ravens. <laughs> Titans win. Uh, Now we're going to have another stoppage of play in Houston. Another timeout on the field by the Colts. They continue to lead by six, seven seconds left, third and goal coming up again. They're at the eight-yard line. Have you ever seen that? I mean, they, they he bent it like Beckham on the onside kick. Uh, no, no, I haven't. Uh, that That's an odd one. That's a first-timer. That's going to be something they address. But talking about this Houston Texans game while we're observing the timeout on the field, Billy O'Brien, the guy I just mentioned, you got to start thinking about his tenure at the Houston Texans, Kubiak, who was actually winning a ton of ball games before they went into that abysmal slide two and fourteen. Yep, and that was, I believe, twenty thirteen. Right? Pri- yeah, it was the year prior to O'Brien getting hired. Since then, they've competed. They've been in playoff games, but nine and seven every single year. You know what ownership hates? 
they, they, they hate when things are stagnant. Yeah. They want to see movement. They want to see change. And excuses get tired. And the, that the third and goal play is incomplete. He went for Hopkins. It was knocked down at the goal line, but there are two seconds left. So it's fourth and goal, and the Texans will have one last shot. So it's one play for the win here. Uh, actually, I shouldn't even say that. Even if they get it in, they will have to execute the extra point, which is no longer a gimme, but it's 20-14, to 14, Colts lead. Uh, we're going to have the final play here in just a second. You want to put your coordinator hat on? What would you call right here? You know what? What I like down at the goal line always is play action. I, I, I say, I mean, well, you got to do what you've been doing. So whatever looks you've been using, whatever personnel formations you've been using. But I, I love it when you fake a run and, and, and get somebody open on the outside because you commit more men to the box, to the line of scrimmage than you do to the outside. Uh, it also gives a, a quarterback who hasn't spent a lot of time on the field this season to only read half a field if you boot him out or make a decision to run it himself. So, yeah, if I were in this situation, you're on the seven-yard line going in, I, I'd ride something uh, with, with play action. Well, they're actually going to go empty backfield here. So, Savage, at least at this point, unless someone comes in motion, he's got two receivers right, two receivers left, fourth and goal from the seven. Savage out of the shotgun has it. And he is sacked and fumbled. And uh, the Colts are going to grab this one, and the Colts are going to win the game. Colts end up recovering. The ball gets kicked around all the way back out to the 35-yard line. That's a wrap. Colts 20, Texans 14. It's a final. Savage has his hands on his knees out in the middle of the field looking down at the ground. Uh, you got to wonder what the Texans are going to talk about, what they're going to do here with this week off. Really difficult situation here for Billy O'Brien calling the play at the end of the game, like we just mentioned, the setup. It's your last chance. You're on the seven going in. I mean, really, you can see it. They went empty with Tom Savage, spreading five receivers out. I mean, that's Deshaun Watson. That's Tom Brady stuff. Right. Like that. That's for a guy who either is going to make you correct on the play call or can do something with his feet if nobody's open. It's, yeah. It's just, I, I mean, that's what was on the call sheet, so that's what he called, but that game plan was prepared for Deshaun Watson. Not for Savage. Celebration for the Colts, and that division continues to stay nice and tight, although uh, the Jaguars and Titans, both with wins today, they continue to set the pace, both of those teams, at 5-3. and three. All right, morning session just about done. Eagles-Broncos, the only game still going. Two-minute warning there. Eagles, though, well in control, 51-23. to A couple of the afternoon games have just kicked off. We'll get you ready for those, plus the game that's still coming, uh, in about 10 minutes, which is the game of the day. There is a massive running back showdown about to take place in Texas. We'll talk about that coming up. Rich Ornberger in for Rob Ryan today. Mark Willard, Red Zone Radio on Fox Sports Radio. All right, the Cardinals and 49ers have kicked off, and the Cardinals are already on the board on their opening drive. Drew Stanton, what a hell of a play. I mean – the 49ers don't play at Candlestick Park anymore, but it was reminiscent of Joe Montana hitting Dwight Clark against the Cowboys in 81. I mean, he rolled that direction, threw off of his back foot, and nailed a receiver in the end zone. Touchdown Cardinals on their opening drive. They lead the 49ers 7 to nothing. Washington and Seattle have kicked off. That one is scoreless. Kansas City and Dallas are about to go in for Rob Ryan, Rich Ornberger, Mark Willard, 
Fox Sports Radio's Red Zone Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? Probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. I liked your comment when Stanton made that throw. You were like, I think he's my he's my favorite of the backup quarterbacks that are playing today. <laughs> he's nifty. <laughs> I, I've always liked the way he played from Michigan State uh, through the, the opportunities we've gotten to see him in the league. Uh, which have been fewer and farther between than his college days. But, yeah, as a backup to Carson Palmer, when he gets in there, he's a different look. Like Carson Palmer, he's a pocket passer. He's a guy who's not going to get outside of himself. He's going to deal from within uh, the five-yard box he's given by his line. Stanton, a little bit uh, a little bit more on the edges. And, and that throw he made is characteristic of a player who's had a week to prepare. I mean, we saw with with Deshaun Watson going down midweek for the Texans how bad that offense looked. But when you have a full week, when you're the guy, when they can game plan around you and they have to change nothing, they know what they have going in, you can have immediate success. And jumping up early against these guys, I I mean, against the Niners, this is – this is exactly what you need to do to get the momentum rolling in your direction. In Seattle, Samaj Pirine and uh, Kirk Cousins with a fumbled exchange. The Seahawks pick it up, so now they've got a short field on their second drive. Uh, they're already at the uh, Washington 40-yard line. Um, Pete Carroll mentioned this week that this was going to happen. They're featuring Eddie Lacy today. They're looking for a running back to step forward. I think they thought in the first half of the season, one of these guys, whether it be Thomas Rawls, Eddie Lacy, it was Chris Carson for a little while. Then he got hurt. He's out for the year. They're like, one of these guys will step forward and show us that he's the guy. And so far, no one's really stepped forward and shown that they're the guy. So now they're they're almost, the, the thinking is, well, let's just give it to one of these guys. Let them have a 15 or 20 carry game and see what they can do with it. So Lacy's going to get his shot today. Two carries, three yards so far for him uh, here on uh, on this opening set for the Seahawks. Uh, and on third down, Wilson will throw incomplete. Uh, his arm was hit. He was hit as he was throwing. I, I, this is the one thing that I really hesitate with on Seattle. I mean, it's a good football team. We know their pedigree. They're going to be a factor in the NFC. Um, but there's so much pressure on Russell Wilson on this offense right now because they just have no running game that they can turn to. They have nothing. And and I really look at this as a big-time trap game for the Seahawks, even though they're playing at home and the Legion of Boom and the 12th man and everything rolls in your direction at CenturyLink, it's so loud. But here's the thing. If you don't if you don't perform, if you can take the crowd out of it, if you're the Redskins visiting on the road, a game they need to stay relevant in their division, and the Seahawks with a lot of pressure, the Rams nipping at their heels in that division, I feel like they need to be perfect today. Cousins is a real quarterback. That's a real offense. This is a good defense. Kerrigan, this front gets after passers. And since you don't have a run game to really speak of or worry about, you can let you can unleash the dogs, pin their ears back, and just send them. And if they don't have an answer, if Lacey can't gain yards on the ground, it's going to be a long day in Seattle. I tell you what, uh, so far, uh, Cousins 2 for 4, 21 yards. Uh, remember, you mentioned it earlier when we were previewing this game. The Redskins incredibly banged up. There's no Jordan Reed in this game. Mm. Um, there's already been the receiver situation there where they're trying to figure out who can do what. Terrell Pryor was brought in to maybe be the new guy with no Pierre Garçon uh, there anymore. Uh, that hasn't worked. He's been benched. Uh, so uh, you're right. Kirk Cousins is a real quarterback. I just don't know if he's got real weapons. 
Well, didn't we say the same thing about Eli Manning when he faced the Denver Broncos yep. with no receivers? Again, when you have Jay Gruden calling plays, I mean, these are great coaches. These are guys at the top of their game who understand their limitations and their strengths. You play to your strengths. You lean on different things when you are weak at others. So, yes, injuries aside, because that is the one excuse, the war of attrition, if you're losing that battle, especially midseason, when it, when it gets real – it's something that Bill Belichick used to always say, boys, it's November. This is when the season really starts. All this right. is when all the games matter. No doubt. And uh, speaking of games that matter, here we go in Dallas. The Chiefs and the Cowboys are underway. The Cowboys and Ezekiel Elliott, that offense will have the ball first. The Cowboys coming out in their white jerseys. The Chiefs are wearing red today, but this one is in Texas and uh, this one has got intrigue just dripping off of it. You start with the running backs. The Ezekiel Elliott situation stands on its own with regard to uh, this distraction it has or hasn't been for the team. Look, he's played really well as of late. They thought for most of the week he wouldn't be in. Now he is. One thing that stands out to me, uh, they haven't had a great year. They're fine. They're 4-3. and three, But I've been amazed at how much of this Ezekiel Elliott situation seemingly hasn't affected the rest of the guys. I'm sure it's affecting him, but when you look at the team, Dak Prescott, Jason Garrett, all of these guys, it feels like uh, they have held this at bay with regard to the level of distraction. Imagine the immense uh, judge of, of temperature that you have to be if you're Jason Garrett. I mean, you're dealing with uh, Yosemite Sam as your owner, Jerry Jones. I mean, it's crazy what goes on, what gets into the press, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, the situation there to keep this thing from boiling over and the lid popping off. I'm impressed with what Jason Garrett's been doing as a head coach. That is no easy task. Cousins sacked in the end zone by the Seahawks, so there's your first score of that game. You like that? Two-run homer by Seattle. It didn't look like he liked that. 2 nothing. The Seahawks are going to lead over Washington and now get the ball back. And immediately Dallas is facing a third down, but it is a third and very short. Um, so uh, you would think that Elliott is going to probably get a look here. Uh, we'll find out. There's going to be a timeout already on the field in this one. Uh, but how do you kind of handicap uh, what's also going on in the run game on the other side? Last year, the bee's knees running back out of the draft was Ezekiel Elliott. This year, it's a guy who came out of the uh, fifth round in Kareem Hunt. Oh, and and uh, Toledo. I mean, nobody saw this guy coming at all. Didn't lose a fumble his entire career in college. Starts his career with the Chiefs, fumbling his first carry on primetime football. Like, how embarrassing. And then he just becomes uh, uh, the toast of the town after they beat New England. I, I, he he's impressed me more than any single player in the league this season so far because as a rookie to do what he's doing it's hard you that is tough sledding you know I say this all the time on our weekly show I if you if you are a rookie you get a year because this is a difficult jump to make he went from Toledo mm. to being in the conversation for one of the best players in the league right now. That's insane. By the way, I said fifth round. He was a third-round draft pick for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and there were a lot of people that even thought maybe before Spencer Ware got hurt, this guy was going to have an effect uh, for the Chiefs this year. Turns out Ware gets hurt. Hunt has a monstrous game on the opener in New England, and uh, he didn't have anybody hold him under 100 total yards in a game until that great Bronco defense 
did it just last week. That was the first time it happened all year. Elliott does get the carry on third and one, easily converts. So first down, the Cowboys on the move. We will be watching that one for you. Let's get Gascon in here, full update on everything that's happening here week nine. I don't know if it was you guys or maybe one of the producers or editors that's in this bay, but someone came into the studio and left just a jar of Vaseline. I don't know if it had the Denver Bronco logo on it. Wow. But man. Osweiler wow. takes his drop. He throws off his back foot down the far side, and it's intercepted. It is Rodney McLeod at the 40, at the 30, cuts back at the 25, at the 20, to the far side, and finally tackled at the 11-yard line. Another pick. Yeah, something special about Brock. It's too soon, bro. <laughs> Broncos get skunked in Philadelphia by 28 points, 51-23. to 23. Carson Wentz, 199 yards passing and four TDs. Jared Goff and the LA Rams. Second down and goal from the four. Goff is under center, strong right. He fakes the handoff, straight backdrop, looking to the end zone, all alone for the touchdown. Caught for the Rams score by Robert Woods. And the Rams are blowing out the Giants. Yeah, from 51 to 51, Rams get it this time. 51-17 over the Giants. Jared Goff, 311 yards passing and four TDs. The mighty Tom Savage, 19 of 44 mm. for 219 and one TD. Not enough as the Texans lose at home to the mighty Indianapolis Colts, <laughs> 20 to 14. <laughs> Saints, they drub the Buccaneers, 30 to 10. Jameis Winston knocked out of that ball game with an injury. Jaguars without Leonard Fournette win over Cincinnati, 23 to 7. Panthers, 20 to 17 over the Atlanta Falcons. Christian McCaffrey, 94 total yards and one TD. Tennessee holds on to beat Baltimore 23 to 20. Games in progress right now. Seahawks with a safety. They lead the Redskins to zip. Cardinals 7, 49ers nothing. Chiefs and Cowboys, as you mentioned, that ball game is underway. And again, thanks, guys, whoever left that present. Uh, Big shout-out to the Broncos yeah. defense that just was <laughs> absolutely decimated today. No by... problem, man. Yeah, they, <laughs> just, We're going to play a game of Clue a little bit later to see who uh, who did that. I, I'll pull a little Jalen Ramsey or A.J. Green on you if you there want, you guys. Go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you'll, be, and you'll be suspended for the rest of the year. <laughs> right. Just like A.J. will be. All right. Uh, yeah, Gascon, good stuff. All right, week nine continuing to unfold. We're going to see the Chiefs offense here shortly. They just stopped the Cowboys. On their second set of downs, Tyreek Hill gets a fair catch. Chiefs ball now uh, in Dallas. We'll uh, we'll take a look at them here in a minute. Meantime, Rich, looking at this AFC, you know, we mentioned it earlier, and Dave just said it, the Jags win without Fournette. Second time in three weeks they've done that. They're now 5-3, and three, so are the Titans. When we think about AFC football, every conversation begins and ends seemingly with the Patriots. Uh, the Chiefs have certainly factored their way into this conversation. And even though the Steelers have a couple of ugly losses this year, they are still 6-2. and two. They've got their bye week right now, so they're resting and relaxing with a nice lead in their division. Everyone knows those teams are factors. What about the Titans, the Jags? Um, someone's going to win that division, but not just when they win that division, what happens when they get into the playoffs? What do you think of any of their chances to actually make noise? Well, first, to address the American football conference, as it were, <laughs> you stare yes. around at the reason why other teams are having success. Well, the AFC East, the Patriots are the top of the order, and that's because of Tom Brady. You have a franchise quarterback, and he's playing like one. Uh, the West, Alex Smith. 
He was in the argument for the MVP race, may still be after a Cowboys victory on the road. Should they be able to pull this one off, the North Ben Roethlisberger, still Ben Roethlisberger. In the South, I just don't see it, Mark. I just don't see Blake Bortles Mm. being able to, to bring a team, to ascend this team. They need a quarterback. And that's the big issue with Jacksonville. The defense is great. They have a running game now. And you can. We've seen it with the Baltimore Ravens and Trent Dilfer, a great defense, a great running game. You can win a Super Bowl, but it's rare, man. It is totally rare. We saw it with Peyton Manning in his waning years of his career. Denver, great defense, great running game with Anderson in the backfield. But it's rare. Those were 15 years apart for a reason. You need a franchise quarterback now. And right now... Mariota is a franchise quarterback and playing like it. So I say it's the Titans. And how do they compete? Uh, Not not as well as you'd like them to because the defense has issues, (laughs) and that's a stacked conference as far as the competition they'll face. Chiefs are on the field. They're pretty much buried deep in their own end. They're going to start just around their 10-yard line. Uh, So we'll watch that one for you. I also want to mention something with Seattle, though, as Blair Walsh comes out and misses a field goal attempt. So that game remains 2 to nothing. Blair Walsh, we know about his history in Minnesota with struggles that ended up uh, making him lose that job there. Um, and the kicking situation in Seattle, especially when you put it alongside the running game situation in Seattle, I, I, I tell you what, maybe one of the most underrated free agency moves that we've seen in the entire NFL, and you would rarely say this about a special teams player, but Steven Hauschka moving on to Buffalo, I really wonder – uh, what Seattle was thinking when they allowed that to happen, uh, swapping them out for Blair Walsh. Uh, I wonder how this is going to potentially affect them in a big-time playoff game. Uh, you've played on teams that have certainly been affected by kickers. My gosh, you're a former Charger. So I, 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 I wonder what was happening there. That guy uh, is just money. He's a great special teams player, and Seattle let him walk. Yeah, I, I less uh, look at my time in in uh, San Diego when they were still the San Diego Chargers, but I played for the San Diego Chargers, not yes. the Los Angeles Chargers. But <laughs> and more go. to my time in New England with Belichick, where there was such an emphasis played uh, paid to those those stars. Vinatieri, Goskowski were the kickers uh, uh, during during the time. Still, Goskowski is one of the best, if not the top kicker in the league. It's such an area of importance. You need a great punter to control the field position, a great defense to play complementary football, obviously great offense like we've talked about, franchise quarterbacks of the utmost important. So not having a kicker perform for you on Sundays is a big issue. And Pete Carroll, like we were talking about Coughlin and Belichick being Parcells' guy, so is Pete Carroll. So it eludes me the fact that he got rid of Hauschka and he brings in Walsh and they're having these issues because this is the part of the coaching tree he came from. Great special teams wins you Super Bowls eventually. All right, Mark Willard, Rich Ornberger, Red Zone Radio, Fox Sports Radio, and let's get Joe Buck into this conversation. Was on the call earlier today on Fox in a game between the Panthers and the Falcons. Joe, really appreciate it. Great to have you. You know, we were just talking about the Panthers it feels like so much of the discussion coming from that team this year uh, surrounds you know, things like Cam Newton press conferences, uh, the inability to get a run game going this week, another tough week as they, you know, they trade away Kelvin Benjamin against the wishes of probably much of the locker room. But you look up, and here they are 6-3. and three. I mean, how, how have they been able to have a, a first half like that with all that's going on? Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Uh, bringing up all those different points, there's no doubt that it's been a loud – first half uh 
but they're in a good position. You know, I, I don't know that the world is uh, all on board with the New Orleans Saints. Newton and Carolina's been there before two years ago when he was the MVP, and I thought Cam played well today. You know, he showed his toughness, as he always seems to do. Uh, and they were quiet during the course of the week. Uh, I, I know that they've had a couple of weeks where too much extracurricular stuff has gone on, and when he just goes and plays, I, I think he's you know he's shown how willing he is to put his body on the line. For a guy that has shoulder surgery, he was all over the place today. Had his best day running. The Panthers had a 200-yard day on the ground. And maybe some of that speed that they want to get on the field clears things out for some of the underneath ground game. And McCaffrey, you know, what a good rookie year he's had. He had one of his better games today, too. This looked more like a Carolina stat line than the ones that we've saw in previous weeks. Cam Newton, 13 for 24, 137 through the air, nine carries, 86 yards, the leading rusher of this Carolina Panthers football team. Earlier in the season with the offseason shoulder surgery on the throwing shoulder, they wanted him to stay in pocket. They wanted him to become something he isn't. Do you feel like this is a regression to the mean? They needed something because Stewart was fumbling, so they relied on number one to get it done for them. Yeah, I think that's exactly what's gone on here. And he's proving now, you know, he had a brutal hit on the second touchdown of the day for Carolina, his first, the rushing touchdown when he jumped up into the air and then reached across the goal line and his forearm slammed into a helmet. He came down on that shoulder and was fine. So uh, I guess enough time has passed where he is willing to test it. And that's when they're at their best. You know, no, it is amazing to be down in that field and see these bodies running around before a game, and you watch Keekley do his thing, and you see Julio Jones getting ready, and you see Charles Johnson, the big defensive end. And then the biggest body out there uh, is sometimes Cam Newton. I mean, his legs are tree trunks. (laughs) He's an incredible athlete, and he has to use those legs. That's what made him the pick that he was, the MVP that he was, and the threat that he is uh, for this Carolina team. Joe Buck with us. Do you think, you know, Jonathan Stewart fumbled twice in this game. It seemed to uh, kind of adjust Carolina's thinking, and and they gave McCaffrey a chance to do some things between the tackles. What did you see, and and do you think there's a future there? Well, yeah, um, I I think it's a big future if if that were to click for Carolina's offense. If, If he is in a position where he can do what he is already doing on the edge, he was number three in the NFL in catches, period, coming in, not among running backs, but period. And if he can run the ball with any kind of effectiveness, uh, he's in a position to become kind of that uh, multi-threat that they envisioned with him coming out of Stanford. So, to me, yeah, uh, I think there's the possibility. You know, they have some question marks along the offensive line. Ryan Khalil missed another game. He's only made two starts, and that's their center. Um, so they, they've got to get healthy on that offensive line. They're better when he's in the game. And if they can, then, you know, opening up a little bit of room for him to run and then be able to do what he can do catching it out of the backfield makes them really tough to play. So the Falcons sit at 4-4 four and four right now. They came firing out of the blocks with three straight wins, followed by three straight losses and a trade of a win and a loss against the Jets and the Panthers, uh, respectively. Uh, why why are they middling in the early part of this season? Is this the Super Bowl hangover? 
I don't know. I mean, I think that's the easy way to look at it, and maybe it's the right way to look at it. I don't know. It's hard to put into context or words why a team struggles like that. Uh, they're still a 500 team, but they don't look. I mean, this was a record-setting offense from a year ago, uh, basically scoring 34 points a game. And like we said during the game today, they've only done that once this season. So their offense has taken a step back. Is it all because Kyle Shanahan left? I don't know that I'm willing to say that. When you talk to Matt Ryan, he says it's basically the same offense, the same verbiage, um, and really, for the most part, the same people. So uh, it, it's easy to pin it on Sarkeesian taking over for uh, Kyle Shanahan. But I, I think it's, it's more uh, just feeling a half step off. And when you're a half step off, at this level, and they're a little hesitant. Matt Ryan, I think, is not getting the protection he was afforded a year ago. Uh, they've had a lot of drops. Uh, I, they just don't look confident. Like they did last year when they played Green Bay in the NFC Championship, and in the first half of that Super Bowl, it was like nobody could stop them. And yeah. they just don't look like that right now. And, and I, can't, I can't answer why. I don't think they can answer why. And that's, that's the scary part for Atlanta. Joe Buck on the call earlier today. Panthers beat the Falcons 20-17. to Joe, thanks so much for the call. We, we, we love having you, man. All right. Thanks, guys. Okay. There goes Joe Buck. A uh, big play just happened in Seattle. We'll tell you all about that. And the Chiefs are about to get their second try in Dallas. That's next with Rich Ornberger, Mark Willard, Fox Sports Radio. All right, Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. I've been having a great day. Rich Ornberger in for Rob Ryan today, Red Zone Radio. What do you see so far in Chiefs-Cowboys? Like the vibe of the game, it looks like it looks like a playoff game where two teams are a little bit too excited, and, and, and so nobody's making great plays. The Chiefs have not run an offensive play that's not inside its own red zone yet, so they're, they're kind of buried on field position, and Dak Prescott looks a little bit off of his game so far as well. Well, if you look at the matchup, and I and I agree with you, I feel like it's a bit of a prize fight right now. Early rounds, you see the heavyweights circling each other, not making much contact. The crowd, the crowd starts booing. <laughs> Nobody wants to show up to a big time fight and see guys just sort of dancing around. Let's see what someone swing and Dez just, or excuse me, Dak just connected with Dez yep. over the middle on a deep crossing route there. So the first shot has landed. They cross the fifty. He's down at the. 45 of uh, 44 going yep. in, uh, you know, so, but you, you think, you think about this game. I look at the defensive matchup, Derek Johnson in the middle against Ezekiel Elliott uh, on the opposite side, Sean Lee in the middle of the defense on the Dallas Cowboys against Kareem Hunt on the opposite side. A lot of times when you have a middle linebacker running back combination, like you will, they'll just, they'll just negate each other. Wow. So it comes down to, Who's going to be the bigger man here? Is it going to be Alex Smith? Is he going to break that shell of being a game manager and show you that he can win games when it's on his shoulders? Or is it going to be Dak, who's tried and true, but he does rely on a running game? Yeah, well, and again, Alex Smith has not run one play yet that's not in the shadow of his own end zone, so they haven't really been able to flex muscles yet. The Chiefs are yet to get a first down, uh, but that's not the case for the Cowboys, who have their third right now. Courtesy of Ezekiel Elliott, who's going to go inside the 30-yard line, and he's going to give you his eat, eat, eat motion right there. So the Cowboys are on the move and potentially in scoring territory. Uh, but th this Elliott thing, too, uh, we talked a little bit about it a few minutes ago. 
I don't know where this is going to go next week. I sort of get the feeling that at least next week we're going to know one way or the other if he's either going to not play for six weeks or he's just going to go ahead and play the rest of this year. And he'll probably end up serving the suspension next year, let's be honest. Um, but this Cowboy offensive line gets a lot of pub. They're so good. I, I've wondered, and at some point we're probably going to find out, uh, yes, there's a dip if they lose Elliott, but how much of a dip? I mean, I think – Alfred Morris and Darren McFadden could absolutely still be successful backs behind that line. Yeah, run DMC, Morris. I, these guys, I believe, are nipping at uh, or chomping at the bit here because Ezekiel Elliott, he's a talent. There's no question about it. The things that he's capable of doing, the added value, yards after contact stuff that he brings, 21 is special, and he's going to be for a long time. But if he serves that six-game suspension, I don't think there's a huge cliff they fall off. I think the backups will be able to handle it. And and I think that Dallas offense uh, doesn't look anemic without Ezekiel Elliott. However, this is a bad time to lose a star. Like I was saying, you know, Belichick used to say November's the time where you got to play your best football, and all of a sudden your best football player yeah. is suspended for six games? Well, not even just for your team. How about for the NFL? I mean, we're already talking about oh, a league yeah. that is without Odell Beckham, without Aaron Rodgers, without Deshaun Watson, without J.J. Watt. We could go on if it loses Ezekiel Elliott as well. Uh, you know, that's just another guy that people sign up to sit down and watch that won't be there for that's a while. That's a really, really great point. Imagine people's fantasies rosters oh, during the draft and how their teams look now. There's a guy in my league, I'll share this, there's a guy in my league who has Elliott and Watson. Oh, goodness. I mean, on Thursday, we put him on suicide watch. <laughs> it was, I mean, we didn't, he had lost them both, you know, in a, in a, in a two-day period. Now he got Elliott back for one week at least. Um, but, uh, you know, we don't know beyond that. Uh, big uh, big pass there from Dak Prescott to Terrence Williams has the Cowboys down in the red zone. So we'll follow along with this. We can also pass along that Robbie Gould has kicked a field goal for the 49ers, so they're on the board. Cardinals continue to lead early second quarter in San Francisco. 7-3 to is the score in that one. Again, 2 nothing for Seattle against Washington. And right now, the Chiefs and Cowboys remain scoreless, but first in goal from the six coming up for the Cowboys right here. Is this the moment for Zeke right here? Well, actually going to be a play-action fake. They'll throw to the end zone. Cole Beasley, touchdown. There's that red zone play-action you were talking about an hour ago. That's exact. I mean, it's almost from the same exact yard line, too. You run play-action, you get everybody sucked up close, and you, you throw it over the top. Great job today, my man. Thanks, man. Absolutely Happy to be here. Awesome to have you here. Week 9 continues in just a moment. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.